Hi, this is Ryan Bodenheim, artist of The Dying and the Dead, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Nice. He's unflappable, that DVD price. You are. We can make shit up, why not? I'm not making nothing up, it's the truth. I'm so glad it's Wednesday. Yeah. Need this. I need this like penicillin. <laughs> Bob Dylan. I need penicillin like Bob Dylan. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. It, it, it's underneath the song. Right. We write our own lyrics here at 11 o'clock on Central. Why is he so quiet? He's creeping me out. It's like he's sneaking around. The call's coming from inside the house. (laughs) Jason. (laughs) Oh, I'm mute. (laughs) Yeah, really. He's not mute and shit. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. I'll go get some. (laughs) What is that? He's steamrolling. Is it a manhide? That's the Mannheim Steamroller. Aww. Shirley Temple. I don't know what that means. Is that what you're drinking? No. I Shirley Temple would be a step up from what I'm drinking this week. A virgin Shirley Temple would be a... Um, wait, Shirley Temples are virgins. Yes. Yeah. For the Because they're young and For shit. the girls, <laughs> it's, it's... You know what it is when a boy wants one of those drinks. Harvey Firestein. <laughs> yeah, uh, Barely. It's uh, it's a Roy Rogers. Oh, what about and Trigger? How about now? Is this better? No, oh, boy. Is he over there fucking with his shit too. He is always messing them with the program. <laughs> oh my good! He just say, "How about now?" <laughs> Can you eat a dick up or? The <laughs> whole bag. Does this sound better? A fair? No, not really. I, mean, there's, Dude, there's... I think it's. I think it's something wrong. There better not be something wrong. Pull it out and put it back in. Just a tip. If it giggles, you're in. Oops, Do it. I heard it. I heard the connection. Yep. That's better. Much. No, it's not. It's not. pristine. Fuck. No, it's not pristine, but it's. What is better. going on? I don't know. You sound like you're coming. You're you're emanating right from the middle of my forehead. Yeah. It's really sure. weird. Really. Yes. Production woes, ladies and gentlemen. Damn. Hopefully it's a long song. We got it in got a DeVita plane? There's absolutely nothing I'm doing nothing different than I ever do. It could be a long song. I am perplexed. Oh, there goes David yep. researching the problem. He's Googling the problem, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, hello. It's time to play B sides because it is eleven o'clock comics. I'm burning for you, and I'm Vince B. Oh man, you are and listen to the band, I'm David A. Price. Don't call me Eric because I'm Harry Houdini. You're not Harry Houdini. Although you did play a pretty good disappearing act at the beginning of the episode. You are Jason Wood. But do I sound everybody. Good now, though? Not mm-hmm. particularly. No. Keep Dude, talking. I, I'll, be the, I'll be the judge of that. Just keep talking. I, I have a feeling before you get into it, Vince, Jason and I are going to tag team on something tonight. I have a sense. Better? Wait a minute. This is better. Yes. It's yes, much better. better. We're going to all tag team well, on we're one. We're all going to tag team on Wait. something, but based on Jason's intro, 
the glee with which you stated the fact that you and Jason were going to tag team on something really disturbs well, me. Because you, you I, like, like, I got seven things I'm going to talk about, none of which you I, guys have read, so I can't the, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> you filled in the blanks correctly. What about Doctor Strange? We all read that. Yes, no, I'm huh? saying based on his, I wasn't sure. I just finished writing up some, I, I just finished yeah. writing up the credits for something that I See, read. Backpedal, ladies and it's gentlemen. It's not a backpedal. He introed himself as somebody who's a character in a book I just read. Nice. Boo. Just call him Boo. Go ahead. Just get it over. Later. Pure coincidence. Yes, that's all. What did he say? Pure coincidence. Now he's all far away again. Now, now we can't see him. We're here. Really? Dude, I'm dying Dude. over here. My question to you, are you hardwired to the computer? Yes, always. Well, it doesn't make any sense then. But you know what does make sense? Getting your comics <laughs> expensively. And there's only one place to read. That comes in clear. Of course. Because uh, I'm not editing that out. There, I, I'm all screwed up now. <laughs> totally derailed. Literally all screwed oh, up. Oh, that's great. Uh, I guess I have to hold the mic right up to my face today. I don't know why. It's cool. Um, does that sound better? Yeah, it really does. Okay. It's like Eddie Vedder. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Inexpensive <laughs> discount comic book service where you and everybody in your family and all your pets and everything. Now you're just being rude. I hope Christina sends you hate mail because she has the lowest prices on comics anywhere. Such as did Cam sell his half of the business? Or I always gravitate towards the pretty half. Sorry. Yeah, good looking fella. They're both pretty good looking people. Yeah, but the key, key word there's fella. Uh, so from Dark Horse, we got Jeff Lemire cooking up something brand new. This is an ongoing. The characters, Golden Gale, Colonel Weird, Madam Dragonfly, and Barbalian, uh, inhabit Spiral City in the world of the Black Hammer. Number one is solicited this month, uh, illustrated by Dean Ormstrand. I pronounced that wrong. Ormstone. There you go. Got it right that Whoa. time. Cover price is three ninety nine. Your price one one. Yeah. See, that's the that's the he thing that got according to this previous page. I know, right? I was all set to order it, and I said, you know what? I've been backing off the monthlies, but they have a habit at Dark Horse of of injecting some material into the monthlies that you can't get in the trades, such as the Matt Kent books. Yes. So I said, maybe I'll order this. There was a discrepancy. The preview says two ninety nine. The DCBS site says three ninety nine. Huh, I think I'm just gonna have to unfold this corner dog ear that I made for this issue. Who's correct? We don't know. But anyway, it's half off, whatever the case. <laughs> so what is it at DCBS? Half off. Yes. Half off uh, down- of three ninety nine. Or two ninety nine, depending on what the eventual Who's price comes say? out. We don't just, know. Just order it. Either way it's two bucks or less, right? And you can get it for half price. Um, from Boom, I'm totally white. It's Kong of Skull Island. Number one, it's a six-issue miniseries written by James Asmus. Art by the great Carlos Magno. Yes. Prequel to the events of the 1933 film. That's cool. Cover price is three ninety nine. Your price half that one ninety nine, and it's time to double dip, or in some case triple if you do the digital. This is very much worth it. It was written by Tom King. He's a bottle rocket man. 
um, art by Barnaby Begenda and others. It's the Omega Men collected edition. All 12 issues under one cover. Cover price twenty four ninety nine. That's crazy to begin yeah. with. But if you solicit DCBService.com, you can get it for half that. $12.49. That's a little over a dollar an issue. Dollar, dollar, make you holla. It's, it's just, that's just a crazy price. It's on my order. You can check. I'll do a screen cap. It's on there because I must have this. ECB service, they don't mind late orders or order additions. And you get your stuff all nice and secure, delivered right to your door. And you don't even really have to leave your house. You don't. You have to technically, depending on how long your arms are, if the FedEx guy or whoever puts it on, on your porch, you may have to leave your house to get your books, but only briefly, but it's worth it, right? DCBService.com. Just get I'm there. I'm surprised you didn't mention another DC Collected Edition you're getting. I'm getting it because you pimped it and you made it sound so damn good. And I feel that it's going to be crucial to understanding the post-Flashpoint crap. Oh, well, the, the rebirth stuff, we'll say. Right, the rebirth stuff. And that's the low Clark trade paperback. Yeah. And it's only eight bucks and change. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to get that. Again, a little over a dollar an issue. What is going on? I have a bone to pick with Marvel. Forty dollars is insane for Machine Man. It's insane for the collected edition. Did you see the prices on some of the collected editions from Marvel this month? They have the um. They're nuts. Really? Where the hell is it? I didn't notice. What do you mean? To what do you mean? They're very expensive. It's like. A regular trade paperback, maybe five issues is like 20 bucks now. Oh, wow. And then it just escalates from there. But the entire run of Machine Man, um, David will, will get me the exact price because I think he has it in his hands, is at least $40. It's in the collected editions. I did not. I saw the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. I saw what, what kind of shocked me was, um, 50 bucks for 15 issues in a hardcover of the three different Star Wars miniseries, the Chewbacca, Lando, and uh, Princess Leia. Things started to go south with Secret Wars. That Secret Wars uh, collected edition was, the price was very disturbing on that. And it just seems like, I don't know, not that that was the origin of the, the increased prices, but that was what made me originally take note, like, hey, these things are getting more expensive. They definitely are. Here we are. All right, it's uh, Machine Man by Kirby Enditko. The complete collection collects Machine Man from 1978, numbers 1 through 19, and Incredible Hulk's issues, numbers 235, 236, and 237, 440 pages at $40 retail. That's crazy. That's too much. For a trade. It's too much. I'm not paying it, even though I have them all, but still... I would like, see, that's the thing. I love to have the collected editions, even of stuff I already own, because it's so much easier than going through all those damn boxes to find the entire series. So I'm just going to pass on that. And the, uh, the fourth issue, or the fourth collection, the fourth volume of Black Panther by Christopher Priest collecting Black Panther numbers 50 through 56 and 59 through 62 because of the two issues he, the three issues he did not write and the crew, which Everybody should have read that. Numbers one through seven are all included. Four hundred and sixteen pages for thirty-five dollars retail. I ordered a lot of DC this month. Me well, too. 
as far as my normal order goes, it's a lot of DC. But there's one thing on my order that uh, was very surprising. There's a hardcover collection of the first year of Zombie Tramp. Zombie oh. Tramp Deluxe Hardcover, year one, 12 issues and bonus material. You get it for $16.24. Please. It's on my, I ordered it. Boom. There it is. I do have uh, a, a I, uh, Action Lab, yeah? Yes. Yes. Well, it's the Danger Zone. Right. That's action Lab. Adult yeah. Imprint, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of, I have to pare it down. I have a lot of pages, a lot of corners, uh, turned over as far as what caught my eye, what I, what I need to get. And, uh, yeah, there, there are, there are quite a few things. There's that, um, do you guys look at that Mickey book I told you about from IDW? Mickey's Craziest Adventures? Not yet. You gots to get that. I'm on it. Yeah. Who's the, who's the publisher? IDW. Scotty, That's if you don't have that right. book, I'm telling you, get it. See, he already ordered it. Nice. Scotty listens to me. One of the only people. All right. Let's do the drink roll call because we have a lot of ground to cover. Yes, sir. I'll get it done. Yeah, let's let's get that out of the way. Because I'm I'm borderline ashamed. Okay. Uh, the only Pepe Mac. Uh, no, <laughs> it's it it's alcohol, oh. but barely. Um, the only beer we have in the house is Miller Lite. Dude. And I'm drinking that. My dude. <laughs> he said my dude. Eye to eye. That's what you're drinking too. Oh my God! You poor bastard. It, it, there's, uh, it's, it's way too light. I mean, there's really. Gotta let them know. You oh, and all booze and shit. Yeah, we're booze. I wish. We're booze, booze. All right. So, David, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking that uh, Motto Gung Ho Red Blend from California. Nice. And I've already had quite a bit. Because my math is all off on shit, it was only two issues yeah. event that uh, Priest did not uh, write from that whole Black Panther run. But yeah, it's it's. It, I think it's going to be one of those one of those nights for me. So we'll see. I got a. Uh, Speaking, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, you go. I got a shout out. Absolutely. I got some thank yous, but yeah, let's hear them. I do too. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, my Started my thank yous right. from our good friend Tim Freaky Tiki Rakarich. Me too. Me too. Did he send us all the same thing? I think he did. I wasn't gonna. Sh- I, I wasn't gonna like blow it out. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna now, throw it all. Now, throw I, his business in the street in case. Yeah, but right. let's not. Oh, it's a gift. Let's not get. It is, let's it not is get absolutely specific. a gift. Yes. I don't think we should get specific, right. but Tim, buddy, I love yeah. you, and I really appreciate Seriously. this this just generous gift. But Dropbox? Nah, did, nah, nah. No, nah, because you can't. You can't Dropbox in the car. If you read the letter. I did and read that. That's, that's, that's the whole point. He wants but you, you, but he you wants can you to take, go and blast it. He what do you mean you he can't dropbox in the car? You can take things <laughs> you, you dropbox like and put them in your car. Yeah, you, you can, can drop it on a USB. Car? That's how I get music into my car. And just that's how I can get it in my yeah, car too. But not just, everybody's got. I don't have a CD player in my car anymore, so that's the only way I can get shit on. CD's nuts. You know, I I had the little hairy eyeball when I opened up the 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 and I saw you know it's stage production. But the fact that there's a parental advisory on it makes me very hopeful. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with rent. I, rent is is pretty much my favorite musical, but it, it's and that's that also has the the whole uh, oh nice parental advisory. But this I haven't seen Hamilton yet. I need to see. Ah oh, shit! Uh, nice. Why don't you just stab him in the eye? 
Jesus. For example, I haven't <laughs> seen Hamilton yet, but I, I, um, I, it, the letter, when something moves you so much, when, when, when something hits you and, and, and makes you want to share it with your friends and, and those that are near and dear to you, that's something that you kind of have to, yeah. Take heed. You just, you can't just, oh, okay, my friend sent me something and, you know, and, and toss it off to the side and I'll get to it whenever. I mean, I, I, uh, I ripped it and, and I'm going to put it on the iPhone. So I, uh, I will be able to plug it in, in the car and listen to it there as he suggests, but it's, um, it, it's definitely very much appreciated. And, and it, it's, it's, it's long, right? Well, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a production. Huh. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued and I will, uh, this weekend I'm perusing it. Word. Does it have teeth? Huh? It, does it have it's, teeth? It's catchy as fuck, dude. It is. There's, there's some, it's you know. It's hip hop, bro. Uh, is it? Yes. Uh, all right. Well, I'll give it a shot. Is it public enemy hip hop no, or is it? Orig- it's, no, what are you talking about? Beastie Boys hip hop? Like no, in that dude, vein? It's original. It's a, it's not like ah you, you I, I'm getting treated like crap. Well, you've never Jesus. heard of this? No. It's the most successful <laughs> musical in like 20 years. I live a very sheltered yeah, life. He does. Seriously, he does. If it's yeah, you know, this is the if kind it's... of thing that even one percenters can't get to see, get in to see because the tickets are too hard to get. <laughs> so you've seen it? I have not seen it. Wow. <laughs> 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 I should, I should see if goes, this is legit i don't say this enough i love jason <laughs> i, love I seriously do i do i love, I love you so too. much and i'm not bullshitting you. i'm not just saying to me i love him i seriously love <laughs> yeah, jason I love you too, buddy. and i don't know why i really <laughs> wish i knew why. No. no because it's like you were so damn different but <laughs> whatever that's perfect. It works. Felix it really Oscar works. Dog. Yeah, I'm gonna. I don't want to be Oscar. Who said you were? Uh, you could be Felix. All right, but you're so clean, fresh and clean. Yeah. All right. Let's. So, do we have some other thank yous? Yes. I have a thank you, but it's tied into something I want to talk uh, about. Uh huh. Yeah. So we'll get down that later. I have okay. to. Um. I have to thank Mr. Sean Fitzpatrick for hooking Mid-Z. a brother up with. Uh, he. We were talking about. Um, I believe it was Mr. Chambers was talking about Mark Miller on on the uh, Facebook page, and I mentioned you know, Miller has, especially with Huck, but you know recently, and 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 of course Starlight. It, it's I appreciate Miller's work now more than I did a few years Attaboy. ago, and that's and, true because I mean, up until up until really Starlight. And parts of Civil War, the only thing I really enjoyed by Miller was Red Sun. And, and it, that's, he's written a lot and, and there should be more to that, but I've never read any of his, uh, any of the work he did when he adapted the, uh, the stories he told under the, the Adventures of Superman cartoon when, when they, when they were doing that comic, the Superman Adventures comic, I did not read any of, of, uh, I, I love the hell out of the Batman Adventures books, but, uh, never really read any of the Superman stuff, but Miller wrote a bunch of those issues and, and Sean was kind enough to, um, through Comicsology, gift me a few of those and, uh, and I will start reading them real soon because they, they look just like the, uh, the, the Tim Dini cartoons and um 
I have the, I think the first season on DVD. So I should probably watch just to make sure that everybody's got the, it's got the feel for it. It looks absolutely fantastic. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that so I can at least add something else that I enjoy, um, by Miller to the list. And one last thank you for you, which kind of also like Vince could probably tie into something we may talk about later, but huge thanks to, um, to our pal Drew. Drew Van uh, Gender and he sent me a few of the free comic book day offerings from from this year, which was of course this past Saturday. And hopefully, if if you guys went to free comic book day, y'all can uh, tell us a little about your visits. But yeah, um, I uh, I read uh, what he sent me, and and uh, I really really enjoyed one of the things. <laughs> Uh, and, and one of the other things kind of told me what I don't have to order. My heart, my heart was, my heart was broken. (laughs) Oh, seriously. Yeah. Okay. So it may just be a case of high expectations or, and, and, um, the past competing with the present, but I, I didn't like it. Where'd you go, Vince? You, you just go to the one, your main shop or did you go to? Yeah. Comics on the green. I stopped in and it was jammed and I, and I, I shot Dave a look and he's like, this is slow. It was really, really busy all day long. Okay. I, uh, yeah. I didn't think, now, did, now because you're a regular there, did they let you take as many as you wanted? No, um, you get three. Okay. Yeah. Um, I went last year with the boys and it was fun. And then I didn't think we were going to get to go this year because, uh, both, uh, Jackson and Kyle were supposed to have lacrosse games and it was, uh, Beth's birthday. So I thought the day would be full, but then the rain canceled the games. So I got the all clear to go in the morning. And last year we went to three places. And the third place we went to, Zap Comics. Um, Ooh, nice. The, Love it. By the time we got there, uh, had pretty much no comp, no free comics left. So I thought, all right, you know what? Let's go there first. So I brought the boys to there first. And it was pretty weak, dude. Like they, they had like seven or eight of the free comic books. Like, uh, by, in terms of variety there, and they were just in little stacks. And I could tell that probably by 10, 30, or 11 o'clock in the day, it was gonna be empty, so people would be showing up all day and not get free comics. Um, now they had 50% off the entire store, but you know how it is, like, we're at a point in our, in our sort of, uh, like, comic collecting lives where I, I, I don't really, like, there's nothing in a regular LCS that I'm generally clamoring to buy. I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't like, I don't know. It's rare that they're going to have something I'm really like interested in that I don't already own. Um, but they did have some, uh, some people from the, the Kubert school there doing sketches, which was cool. Nice. And the boys ended up finding some cool stuff that they were plotting over. Like Colin loves the Joker. And he, then he, he saw the, uh, the, the greatest Joker stories ever told trade, which I actually don't own. So got him that he was giddy. Uh, Jackson got, uh, a couple trades of, um, he got Hawkeye versus Deadpool, which I actually don't own. Uh, and he got, uh, what did he get? He got a few trades of some, um, it's escaped me right now, but he was really excited for it and I didn't have them. Uh, and then we rolled to the place that I knew it would be dope. Uh, and that is, um, the, uh, Fat Moose and, that place is the place that I saw Rainey last year. It's Tom Rainey's LCS. He wasn't there this year, although there were other artists. But uh, cool place, like very, very classic LCS, you know. Like it's upstairs in sort of an old um, 
duplex house. It's got very old fixtures, pretty dark inside, um, like a very sad collection of wall books and counter books. But, uh, but, but tons of, of all the new issues, all the new trades, lots of statues, uh, a decent sized back issue collection. So, you know, a decent store. Um, but the cool thing is they have every single free comic book day book. Uh, that, that I pretty much just think it's everyone I, I can imagine because it's all the ones I remember seeing from the previews, and uh, you could take as many as you want. So, so yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. So yeah. the boys came away with a giant stack of them, um, pretty much a copy of almost anything that was remotely interesting to them, uh, and uh, it was decent. And you know, like just with the, I kind of have this rule of thumb that I try and uh, since I don't go to LCSs anymore, I I try and spend some Skrilla at these places to support them. Uh, Me too. So, you know, we bought a couple of things. We bought a couple, again, a couple other trades. Oh, um, Colin bought a bunch of what if issues. Nice. My boy. Concept of what if. Um, so yeah, so it was good. It was good. It was a short, like quick in and out trip. We probably were gone for like an hour and a half, hit those two spots and then we're back, uh, back home. The one thing I did come home with is, uh, the second store had some of those, uh, um, those little, the, the pewter, um, you know the little Marvel pewter uh, figures they were doing for a while, or the lead ones, the like lead the Eagle ones. Moss? Yeah, the Eagle Moss. Thank you. I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't think of the name. And they had a Blink Eagle Moss, which I didn't have. Oh, so, sweet. Yeah, so I picked that up. <laughs> Twelve bucks, dude. Can't beat yeah. it, right? A few years ago, when the Eagle Moss were hot, like all those out of collect, you know, the older ones were like thirty, forty, fifty bucks. But, but I guess it's uh, it's it's been a sufficient long enough time that that uh, they're not really as in demand anymore. So yeah, pretty dope. Who's scraping the desk? Not me. Now it's that. Some, somebody's scraping the desk. It's not that. I'm holding the mic because of the... Because oh, nice. So it's, I thought this year was pretty weak as far as pre, uh, free comic book day goes. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the offerings. Right. There seemed to be a lot of reprints. Um, the one I was really looking forward to didn't pan out, yeah. um, unfortunately. And, um, I did come home with some books though, because like you said, you gotta spread it around. One of the things I read for tonight, so I won't spill that. I got a Savage Tales number four. Nice. I got a Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number three. Respect. Um, what else did I get? I got some Captain Marvel, um, Engelhart and Al Milgram. Oh, that's like, good. That's the good stuff right there. Like 39 to 42, 43 around there. Um, I got a Where Monsters Dwell and a Creatures on the Loose. So yeah, basically all Marvel, Bronze Marvel. That's what I bought. And I'm going to give you a little trivia question because I just noticed it today thumbing through one of the books. Marvel Value Stamp. Let's test your knowledge. I think it's the first wave. It is the first wave of the value stamps because the second wave were, were, uh, long horizontals, I believe. All right, first wave Marvel value stamps. Which character has the number two on his stamp? Oops. Uh, Guess. Not Hulk? sure. I, I don't know. What did you say? Hulk? Yes. Nice. Holy crap, David. Nice. <laughs> did you seriously know that or did you just I guess? guess? Oh, you guessed correctly. Dr- you get the no prize. The no prize. Honest to gosh. Awesome. That's Speaking great. Speaking of, uh, of, of that, one more shout out. Happy birthday to the lovely Renee Price. Oh. Yes. Happy birthday. She did have a very happy birthday too. Yeah, she did. <laughs> oh. 
That was very unpleasant. Five but you know what wasn't it? For Boo Guys, Five Guys. <laughs> I, I did. Got the five knuckle shuffle. Too. It's a cheap lunch date, so it's good. Yeah. You know what wasn't unpleasant? Captain something, Civil War. Something we all saw over the weekend. Uh, uh, twice. Uh, <laughs> what? No, I didn't, get, I didn't get to go twice. Not yet. Are you serious? Yeah, I went to the Thursday opening. Yeah. And then I went with the fam on Friday. Wow. I'm going to see it with my brother. I told him to hold off. We'll probably take the nieces. and uh, Oh, sucky, sucky. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it again. So are we are we going heavy in? Because I know there's still a few, pe- a few people out there well, that still haven't seen we'll it. We'll just give so. a spoiler warning. Okay. Yeah, spoiler warning. I took the boy. Good. Finally. Usually- I mean, it was like we, we heard from you Friday morning. And you're like, yeah, I might see it tonight, I think. Yeah, the and then, saga. And then Saturday, you get, oh, here we are eating pizza. And it's like, oh, cool, you're going to see it tonight. And then something. Yeah. Well, she didn't feel like going after I got home. And then Saturday night, he fell asleep. I didn't have the heart to wake him up. So we just went Sunday at 930, which meant that we didn't get home till almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I got a little bit of the hairy eyeball Sunday night. But it was worth it. Um And he usually fidgets. And I expected him to be really fidgety in this movie because I had a feeling there was going to be a lot of, a lot of dialogue in certain spots. And because just to set the story up, and it, it's not a, it's not a Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a very personal story between two people, Tony Stark and, and, and Steve Rogers. And well, and a, and a satellite, a third. But anyway, he didn't fidget very much. Awesome. Which was great. I don't think he really understood everything that was going on. Really? But because he's not immersed in the comics. Oh, okay. but, I mean, he picked up on the overall storyline, you know, uh, and he's not dumb, but you know, a lot of the, the cloak and dagger stuff, he, he doesn't, he's like me. That stuff doesn't resonate with him, but it seemed to, um, because his, his attention was affixed to the screen, which was great. And, um, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was dreading going into it because not my favorite Marvel event. No. <laughs> you know, um, initially, uh, we were all jonesing on it, but I feel like it went on far too long. And, you know, they kept kicking that pony. Um, and there was a point where it was just like, okay, end it. Please, let's bring this to a resolution. And I feel like the movie did it all in two and a half hours. Like we don't need to see any more of that. Correct. I don't think I don't think we will. The, the storyline will play out, but it, I I get the feeling that the next movie, it's going to be like they're going to be butt hurt, and then it's going to be like okay, we're done. Well, let's, I let's think I think they're going to. I'm pretty sure the way I think about it is they're going to kind of stay splintered. Until Thanos comes to town and you have right, right. That's right. Yeah, that's what I was I was alluding to. But what's the next movie? The next movie is Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. No, I mean with the with these guys, yeah. you'll see Black Panther next year, and I'm sure Bucky may make an appearance at that point, or maybe in the Stinger at the end of the credits. Um, but as far as anybody who was in it, well, you also have Spider Man Homecoming, and and Tony Stark will be in that movie. Yay. Um, but so the, the Avengers proper will not reconvene not until 2018. Good. Yeah. Good. It's nice to have a little break. My MVPs for the movie. <laughs> I'm torn. I'm torn between Spidey and Ant-Man. I don't know which one pleased me more. That's awesome. Okay. 
Yeah. For me, it was it was Spidey and Black Panther. I, I, yeah. And it was cool, but I it wasn't he wasn't new. So. Well, Renee was giddy to see Ant Man. She loves Paul Rudd, but she um, and and she was she was quite intrigued by Spider Man so much so that when Homecoming comes out, she will accompany me to the theater to see it. Nice. And when we got home, before we got home on the drive home, actually even before that, we were getting up after the lights come on in the theater, and and she says, "Yeah, I, I'm going to want to read." Some Black Panther, so I pulled out everything that I had. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Christy, yeah, so she She does know that the comic T'Challa is far more annoying than dude. the movie T'Challa. Dude. dude. By the way, we also have Thor, Ragnarok, and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 next year. Correct. Yes. So, But, I mean, at least the Guardians... I don't think the Guardians are really going to come to Earth until... Thanos does, but yeah, you have, um, like pretty much Jason said, it, it's, uh, as far as what's, what I have listed, yeah, you have, um, Doctor Strange, Guardians, Thor, Ragnarok, uh, Black Panther in February? I thought it was later in the year. And then, uh, yeah, so in Avengers Infinity War Part 1 in May of 2018. And you were a little bit salty because you did not get the Doctor Strange trailer. We walked in exactly at six o'clock and we were already the movie was supposed to start at six and i'm watching it's right before the um the red marvel banner so basically bucky was was getting his uh was getting the commands and then he was getting up so we we missed a minute or two and i was just i i was super fucking salty me and my boy were like ah. Oh, Are so it, it's serious? It, and, it, it, it did play. You just didn't and she's see like, it. She's like, yeah, there were only like two previews. I have no idea what the previews were, but she's like, yeah, there were only like two previews. The ushers, because we even had reserved seating. This, this, this kind of theater it is. And we're like, these are, so she's walking us to our seats. And I'm like, why is the movie already started? She's like, yeah, it was so weird. There was only like two previews. I'm surprised oh it started God, so we had soon. Like well, previews. It was a- yeah, too many previews. Yeah. But I got to say, Dr. Strange looks great. Yes. After reading the Jason Aaron, run if they use that that jason aaron story as the basis for the doctor strange movie nah. it no yeah no, no, it, no. i know they're not but what i'm saying is it would that is the perfect vehicle for a doctor strange movie his story it's great it has everything you need doctor to know strange too. yeah you yeah. can't you need this is not this is a real like i'm i'm, I'm never I'm never going to doubt Marvel's ability to make a blockbuster because they haven't missed yet. But this, no, but this movie has definitely got people like there's this, this character does not like people don't know what to make of him. Right. But the origin is woven through this Aaron story. Wong is in there. The, 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 the whole, but um, you're, you're overloading it with everybody else. You don't, you don't need this, this in order for something like the last days of magic, to have some sort of impact in a movie for a new character to get people in the seats, you you need to build up to it. This can't be... I think you're entirely wrong. This could establish magic in the Marvel Universe. It's the perfect vehicle. Uh-oh, magic is going away. Wait a minute, what is well, this magic? We've never magic? had Where's magic in, in the Marvel Universe. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. That's why it's dwindling, and and strange. The movie could be the vehicle for bringing it into the market. Well, you do have magic. You have the Scarlet Witch. 
true. No, she it, was cre- she was created by Hydra. Yeah, but it she is was magic. By the mind gem, though. It's still right. magic. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, you're not. You're not wrong. Well, yeah, look. I mean, yeah. this is a moot point. We. It's. They're going to. It's. It looks like it's going to be a pretty traditional. Um, and I know that gene pool is kind of kind of tainted, but man, she wears a good miniskirt. Oh, she looks good. She's hotter. Than oh sister. my goodness. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we are being mis. Yeah. There we are being misogynist again. <laughs> I know, but still a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman. I know you mentioned what you're attracted to. Yeah, uh, but um, I, the, okay. Back to Civil War. There are going to be big, big problems with the vision. Big problems with the vision. What do you mean? I you can see it now. He's he's conflicted. He he doesn't know his place. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what the my what the gem is. He there uh, is going to be. You're wrong. No, no you got to go back <laughs> see, to you got to go back to events. Avengers: Age of Ultron because remember he almost lifted the hammer, dude. Okay. Damn. But he shifted the hammer. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but I would not be surprised if the vision is the fulcrum for the Infinity Gauntlet. I, I well, either he's, he's, he's got he's, the mind gem. Yes. I mean, no, either he fucks up or he opens no, the door. I think, I, I think I think the end of the first movie is Thanos collecting all the gems and right. the vision dies. And then he'll he'll come back. He'll fight for for control of the gym. What is the all as the all white? Uh, oh, it's John Burnett. You think they're gonna go that route? No, no, That's no, cool. No, it's just like they're not gonna do last day's magic. But it's the the uh, the little nods. I props to the the whole marketing behind it because when as they were leaking the trails, the last trailer I saw was the the trailer that introduced another character that we weren't expecting in the movie. Um, and Vince sends me a message. Do not watch that trailer. Don't. And, but between, mm-hmm. between that scene and, uh, seeing Rhodey on the ground in Tony's arms, uh, the way those things played out much different than, than the way you were maybe led to believe watching trailers as, as and, and you're, piecing things together in your mind or trying to figure out how the story is going, but to find out what actually led to Rhodey crashing to the ground um, really gave the whole story more weight. And, and again, you know, you can't, uh, trailers are fun and all and they're neat and, and okay. And, and, and they're there to what's your appetite and you should not judge anything based on a trailer, just on what's on the screen in front of you at the time. But I mean, you can't, you can't say the movie, the movie sucks. You can say the movie may, the movie looks like it ain't going to be all that hot based on a trailer, but you can't just flat out right. shit on a movie just based on a trailer. But the, uh, the, it, it is, it is a yardstick though. It gives, it gives they, you a feel. It gives you an idea yeah, of how, yeah. how it's going to be presented, what it's going to look like, how, what, 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 to get you in the mood for. Uh, but you can't think that that's how the movie is actually going to play out. It's an, it, it's no substitute for the actual movie, but right. the, uh, the introduction of Spider-Man was absolutely fantastic. Uh, T'Challa's entry into the, in, into the Marvel universe, seeing the black Panther in action. Uh, stop the, uh, the, the way, it was just, it was well done in the sense that you, you knew, unlike the comic book Civil War, where, you know, you kind of just, the way it played out, you really were 
kind of had to choose sides. If, if, if you, if you believe what Captain America was for, that's the side you're on. If, if, if you agreed and you wanted to be, you knew Tony was a dick, but you went with that side anyway. But this movie, you, you kind of were, you saw, you definitely saw both sides. And I seriously appreciated that because they, you, you're not all of a sudden going to have Iron Man be a bad guy after half a dozen movies he's been in. And, and now you have, it, it it's, it surprises me though. And it's, it's ex- exactly something that, that Hawkeye said when Tony shows up, how the futurist could not see this road, this far down this road. You, you're going to team up with the government. You're going to have, you're going to have Thunderbolt Ross calling the shots. You did not see this. I mean, I mean, sure, you, you wanted your friends to, to toe the line and, and everybody be on the same side and everybody sign the accords and, uh, that's how we'll do, but it's, for Captain America not to sign it and, and then you think that everything's still going to and not believe this dude, like Cap is telling you, Bucky didn't do this. We're not, we have to hear him out. You can't just go in there guns blazing. And I saw both sides, but I, for most of the movie, it was very hard for me to, to watch Tony and, and, and feel for him. Well, like the comics. He was wrong in the comics, oh, he's wrong in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing I liked the most about the movie was they, Marvel now is sort of fearless because they set up the whole super soldier thing. Oh man, there's more. And Zemo's going after them <laughs> and he's gonna, yeah, like and they, they pump up this third act. Yeah impending battle and zemo goes you think i wanted more of you and he killed them that was perfect the the whole big uh you know the the culminating battle nothing what they did was they reduced it to the two characters that really or three that really mattered in the story it's tony uh steve and bucky that's all you needed you didn't need a gigantic you know knockdown drag out that would have been typical that would have been iron man three Right. They played against type. And I think the movie is all the better for it because they took a risk. Right. And it worked. And and any other movie, any other bad guy who who caused all this destruction and and wreaked all this havoc. If the hero didn't go out of his way to save him, he would have walked away and, and let him kill himself and and just but the fact that the bad guy is saved at the end and what black panther tells him while he's doing it was perfect but to see but now as you see at the end of the movie he kind of gets the last word in while while and oh my god the introduction of everett ross i was i yelped when when uh when homeboy showed up on screen but again, atypical. The villain does not have a costume, does not have a code name. He's not Baron Zemo. No, he's just a helmet. He, he's he's Zemo, yeah. right? And um, again, playing against type, and it's and it works. It's not a typical superhero movie. I was yes, there are the scenes that you know, and like with the with the Quinjet and the arrival of Spider Man, that was great. But there's not a whole lot of that 
in the movie, which is again, I appreciated it. I, 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 I was surprised that it wasn't in the vein of, of what has come before. I felt that, uh, Even though it encapsulated everything that has come before. Oh, yeah. The, and, and it's not a movie for Thor. It's not a movie for the Hulk. You don't need bazookas in this movie or, or nukes. It was, it was a very personal tale. It, it, it was just extremely well written. I felt that, um, I felt Crossbones was wasted. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, it's okay though, because it's its own universe. I mean, realistically, when are we ever going to see Crossbones again in a Marvel, Which is, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? But they could have done the whole um, Red Skull's daughter and Crossbones thing. That's what I think. That's what David means by wasted. Well, I mean, especially since he was Willow played a big part in Winter Soldier and fights Falcon at the end of the second movie and gets rescued or saved and and we know he's he's going to be all jacked up um and to have him show up it was it was pretty much just like the beginning of, of a james bond movie where it was just our hero fights the bad guy kills the bad guy walks away and and there are the credits and and it 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 just i didn't, i don't need to see crossbones again but but to have him do this whole thing that the avengers are trying to prevent only to show have him show up fight captain america and then take himself out, which of course led to Scarlet Witch doing what she did, and 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 of course people being scared for these powered beings. Um, so it, it progressed the story, but it just it, it's not that oh my god I'm not the biggest Crossbone fans, but it, it's just it's the whole setup was just kind of. But I guess like you said, it, it it's different universe kind of it, it fits it works in that regard. Um, well, they couldn't use I think Nitro because Nitro's a mutant. Yeah, and I think it's a better setup than the comics. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, because I was going to say, it, I, I think know, the setup here makes m- much more sense. Yes, oh, yeah. Without a doubt. And it's it's easy to kill kids, right? Like in, in the comics, sure. that's, that's yeah. you know, yeah. it, it, I'm sure there were children that were killed in, in, the, in the blast, but it wasn't like, oh, man, kids are dead. You know, so that, that's what instigated the comic version of it, but I thought this had more finesse. Oh, it absolutely had more finesse. I loved, I, yeah. I loved Red Wing. The, uh, the, the, when Black Widow was fighting the Winter Soldier, uh, when he first, when, when he escapes and they have a really, actually not much, so much a conversation. She just asks him something. They're, they're just, there are little things throughout the entire movie that, you need to see it twice. It's not a movie you can only see once and then, oh, it's perfect and I love it and, and, and we can go forward now. I, it, it's, it's definitely a movie I think that you get more out of with repeat viewers. Yeah. You know the scene where Tony and Widow are facing the window? Yep. And they're talking. <laughs> I mean, that was a very nice shot of yes. her. Vin turned to me, he goes, dead ass. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Hey, he's twelve. He can get away with it. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, there, there, there was so much right about this movie. Uh, I thought it was well paced. I mean, relative to the interminably, interminably slow middle part of Avengers: Age of Ultron, this was really well paced for, especially for a reasonably long movie. Um, the, like, I think the biggest or the, the oddest leap of faith in the movie is the idea that suddenly this giant tactical organization with hundreds of billions of behind it 
they're like just sitting there and they're like, huh, we're undermanned. And then like the next thing Tony thinks to do is go get Spider-Man. Like, I think that doesn't, that's not very logical in the context of the rest of the movie, but it was probably the best part of the movie because to see that Queens come up and then to, mm. to see him go and do that. And I mean, we got hot Aunt May and, um, I think the meme is unfair. What's that? That meme that, uh, compares Sony and Marvel. Um, yeah, Sony and Marvel, and it's like Hot Aunt May and Sally Field and the the, the woman that played um, the previous in, yeah incarnation. Not exactly fair, right? But I really do think he's the best Spider-Man we've seen to date. I kind of agree. He was legit young. The 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 banter. The banter was yeah. phenomenal, and it was he just was so full of of joy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the way they depicted him was just great. I mean, he was – that's – I don't know, man. That's – I mean, you all are bigger Spider-Man fans than I am, but but that's the way I think Spider-Man should look. I mean, for – and he's a kid holding his own, man, against the best, the best of the yeah. best. Um, And so I thought that was perfect. And look, I mean, uh, as a massive Black Panther fan, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time, and I thought it couldn't have been done better. I thought Chadwick Boseman was perfect both as T'Challa – and the Black Panther, I thought they made the costume and his abilities look badass. I love the way they did the claws. Um, I just thought the, they hit that whole thing perfectly. Um, so, uh, I, and I, I gotta give the Scarlet Witch props. I think the way they handled her powers in this movie were so much cooler, you know, than they were yeah. in Avengers Age of Ultron. I mean, um, and she really was able to do so many different things just like she can in the comics. Um, which was great. I mean, Vision, Coming through the wall in a sweater oh, and pants sweater. was awesome. Um, you know, uh, Clint showing up, you know, and when I wasn't sure he was even going to be in the movie, um, was phenomenal. Uh, just that, that dude, that airport scene, that airport yep. scene was just, I mean, you know, having seen it back to back days, I mean, it's, it's, it's breathtakingly exciting, that entire scene. I mean, it's like double page splash after double page splash come to life. Yeah. It's incredible. I didn't see it coming. Yeah, yeah. I did not see that uh, the uh, Scott Lang part coming. Oh, was awesome. uh, well, that got spoiled for me, but no, not me. I was I was lucky, I guess. Because yeah. when that happened, I was like, "Holy shit!" I got spoiled by Legos. Awesome. David got spoiled by Funko. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there were some surprises, which I was giddy to to see play out. I was surprised, but it made sense. I mean, it, I'm, I'm bummed that, um, that, that Peggy Carter is now dead in the Marvel Universe in, in, in the present day, but, uh, I was surprised that the speech that almost every Captain America fan has on their wallpaper somewhere, uh, was part of Sharon's eulogy to her on about, uh, you know, when something's right, it, it's your job to plant yourself like a tree and, and tell the world, no, you move and, it was, it, it's still a great speech. It was just, I was not expecting it to come out of anybody else's mouth than, uh, than Caps. I thought Sharon Carter was dead on. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Liked it a lot. That, there wasn't a downside to this movie at all. And, uh, Jason, I know you're, you're going to be a little upset by, by what I'm about to say, but I think, um, the apocalypse thing looks like jank. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> it looks, it looks bad. What? The apocalypse movie. 
Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's well, the reviews have been very mixed. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a Brian Singer fan, so I, I was disappointed that they brought him back to the franchise. Um, so yeah. Who did Days of Future Past? I don't know. I didn't see it. You didn't? No. I'm surprised. I, I, the last X Men movie I've endured last? was no. Nope. I don't like them. Okay. Talk about a so, downer, yeah. dude, all of a sudden. Right? We're in the middle <laughs> yeah. of ripping on this awesome movie, and then you go to, I mean, what happens? So yeah, but yeah, back to, back to Captain America. But I think the rule so far has been that the Cap movies, the Cap movies are the strongest. They are the, yeah. they are the best of the Marvel crop. They are. Yeah, the Russo's. Yeah, I mean, collectively they have been, because I, I think you can't even begin to compare Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 to the cat, three cat movies. Oh god, no. No way. Uh, no. The, uh, and, and the Russo brothers are directing the Avengers movies. So, uh, get that, um, the same kind of feel. And I mean, as far as them being able to work with a bunch of characters and make it cohesive, make it so you can follow the action well, um, they've, I, I've, there's a delicate balance to this movie. The very delicate balance. Even though most of the Avengers are in the movie, it's still not an Avengers movie. You know, they, 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 which is why they weren't in magic. the entire thing. They were just, I mean, you had the fight and then after the fight, they, uh, but there's huge names in this movie, but it's still a Captain America movie. At the core, it's, it's Captain America and, Tony and Bucky, yes, but the, 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 the nexus of everything in this movie is Captain America. It, it just works. Now, okay, so the big question. What's the big the question? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Now, this is the thirteenth Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Where does it fall in your list? Wow. I didn't know we had to make a list. Well, I mean, First of all, having answering the question right after seeing it is always yes. tough because I think there's a recency bias. Yeah, of course. Um, so with that in mind, I would um, I'd probably put it number two. I agree. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm not saying it's a better movie than Guardians. Or, or well, Guardians is still my number one. So it's, right, but I, you know, it's just it's a different movie. It's it's a a different approach. But Guardians is more t- tuned to my sensibilities, and I think Guardians was a faster paced movie. But that's not to say that that Cap no, Three is, is inferior to Guardians. Civil War is a fantastic movie. But yeah. there's also the what may sway you one way or the other is how much you know going into the movie. There are some things you need to know before you can get the full effect of Civil War, as it were. Guardians of the Galaxy is complete from start to finish. Everything you need to know is on that screen, from Pete's mom dying to the end of the credits. So, Yeah, but it's got a talking raccoon and, and a walking Absolutely, tree. dude. No, you're not. It's kind of hard to compete with that. But... As far as your bang for your buck, Civil War is definitely up there. But yeah, it's it's it unseated Winter Soldier as my number two. There you go. It was amazing. 
It was. I concur. All right. Let's talk about them comics. Oh, it's so anticlimactic. No, we got it. We have to bring it. Do you guys want to touch base on Doctor Strange just for a couple minutes? Uh, you you sure. are champing at the bit, so go ahead. Well, I think we all read the first issue. Of Doctor Strange? Um, yes. When it came out. Yes. And, and, and we riffed on it. And then, as usual, I dropped off yes, uh, in favor of the trade. And this collects Doctor Strange, Jason Aaron, Chris Bocello, Numbers one to five. I was both delighted and infuriated with this trade. I bet. I bet. You know, you know why? Yeah, because it's, it's not a complete arc. It's not a complete arc. <laughs> you guys couldn't wait till they were done. No, because the last days of magic, it, it's, what are they up to? Like issue six or seven. And now we're up to the last days of magic and we're, yeah, no, I don't know how long this the last days, the last days goes on for, but you're you're probably looking at it at, at least a, a twelve issue complete arc, at least. I think well, it's more. Well, I would have waited the twelve issues. I mean, not to say that that it wasn't there. There was extreme moments of of gratification. Mostly, be, I mean, it. I think it's a very delicious blend of story and art. They're both top. Hey, you got you, you got some of the. Did you get the backup stories too, in the trade? There's one with Kevin Nolan. Yeah, yeah that with the uh, the 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 feline type creatures, yeah. and it's not very long. No. It's only maybe like three pages. But um, I, I, as far as as um, the villains go, the empirical are amazing. Uh, and, and what they've set out to do is destroy all magic. And they're going through the multiverse, eliminating the Sorcerer's Supreme. And Strange feels it. And, and witnesses it. In some cases, they're burned like witches. It's, it's basically Witchfinder General for magic users in the, in the, in the, the Marvel multiverse. And, um, Strange is feeling the pressure because way back when, um, uh, he was told that there needs to be a balance. Like, um, what's his name from the bar said, you gotta drown your rabbits, right? Uh, there, there, there's a delicate balance to be paid for magic. If you cast, if you, if you cast a spell, you have to balance it off with some kind of sacrifice, mm-hmm. whether it be physical or in terms of your health or your, 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 your emotional state, your well-being, or, you know, Destroy something, kill something. And Strange has been putting this off for a long, long time. And so it's coming back to, uh, bite him on the tuchus. That was due. Yeah. Uh, there's also things infesting the, the Marvel universe that he has not noticed before. Parasites, mental, uh, magical parasites and uh, new things that He's in, I mean, Doctor Strange is, at this point in his career, Doctor Strange has been around the block, right? He, he's experienced a lot of things, and he's surprised by some of the things that he, that he encounters in this, in this series. It's, um, the, the librarian, uh, Zelma is a great character. She, she initially comes to the sanctum because she has a parasite. She has something growing out of her head. And I love that, 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 I don't want to jump on you. The the uh, oh, okay. that whole 
everyman aspect. I, I appreciate them introducing a character who we're seeing this through her eyes. So if you're a new reader or new to Doctor Strange, it's a it's a great first Sick. issue. I'm saying you, you you get this this character who's experiencing all this for the first time, and and so that's your 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 eyes to the whole thing. Yeah, this is a movie. This definitely is a movie. I don't recall the Sanctum being explored to this level. Agreed. Yeah, the, the detail. Delving into how crazy a place it is is awesome. And also getting a sense as to Strange's, the affectations of, of being the Sorcerer Supreme in terms of not being able to eat anymore. And His eating habits. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, that stuff that he's eating, it's, it's, it's artistic. You know, it's, it's, it's eye candy, but. I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that bowl. That's for sure. It looks nasty. Mello is just crushing it in this book. Oh, this is his book. But I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be sick to my stomach when he leaves the book, though, because he sets such a, a hard hard act to follow, you know. And the um, the monks that Wong has sequestered. Yes. See, um, because Strange hasn't been paying the price, Wong has taken it upon himself to balance the scales in another way he has trained these monks to receive all of the debilitating effects of strange's magic on their bodies some of them have these festering sores on their faces their eyes are bleeding they're, so they're taking the brunt of of strange saving the world and uh when the empirical come they 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 fight but i mean it's not enough. And that's where the trade ends. I was like, what? Are you serious? You brought me this far and now you're leaving me high and dry. Not so dry because there's a lot of pinups by Scotty Young, Kevin Nolan, Juan Doe. Um, I mean, there's Alex Ross. There's a ton of them and it's a great trade, but I, you know, I, 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 I can't front. I was a little disappointed. Because it doesn't end. Right. But like you said, and I didn't know this, if it's going to be a long story, I mean, it's not like every Marvel hardcover ever released is a complete story. You know, so that's the nature of the beast. It is sequential. It is periodical. It, it's, um. I'll read the next one for sure. No, it, it's the, the big bads origin story is, is told in, uh, Oh, nice! Yeah, so you, you you get to know, you get the whys and and hows. Um, and Jason hates them because they killed the magic space whale. Indeed, <laughs> they kill a whale. But they, there's when when uh, when you get to see characters like magic and and shaman and and talisman, and it, it's just there are. Once double page where Wanda's in the foreground yeah, with the with, uh, oh really oh. it's like holy crap Wanda that, what have you been that, eating that's uh, with her and Hellstrom right yes when they're in the the bar yeah, yeah. and yeah the son of Satan's there and okay. I was like wow uh, David I will say that I was pretty disappointed with the origin story it's did Superman. it remind you of it yes that's it's just that's Superman exactly. which. I mean, I know it's by design, but I was like, really? Hey, is that a spoiler? Well, I mean, in the loosest of ways. <laughs> He's a spoiler. No, it's it's a spoiler in a very loose way. I mean, how many heroes so have, the, another... have the Superman origin story? 
period. Many. Many. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm not going to tell you what what magical entity set him off in the first place. Yeah, and, and or um, or why he's. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the reason why he's doing what he's doing is it's it, it make when you see it, you it, it's almost like forehead slap worthy because it's like, well, of course, but yeah, it's yeah. it's just it's um, yeah. I mean, and and it's for. Jason Aaron is just like he—he he is becoming that—that uh, that chameleon where he's going to write Doctor Strange, and he's also the dude writing fucking Southern Bastards, and and, and right, yeah, it's right. Like, well, it's like, that's yeah. why that's why Aaron's been my favorite writer in all the years we've done the show because yeah. he's so versatile. I mean, he's—he's yeah. he's got genuine chops across all genres, from straight up superhero to. To humor, to very deep seated crime. To, I mean, he's just, he's great at every genre he attempts. Very, very yep. close to becoming the, the modern day Alan Moore. Okay. And <laughs> we, we got a, a Bocello Man thing. We did. It's, it was one panel, but man, it, it, it made it. It was the icing. Bocello's on the cake. ridiculous. He is. He's, he's, you know what? Uh, this may be heresy. I don't like him as much on the X books with the exception of Generation Next. Mm, I totally disagree. I, th- I, cool. I thought, no, I thought Generation Next was a perfect fit for him because it was so strange. As someone who owns Bacello X-Men pages, I disagree, but that's cool. Well, no, I'm not saying he's bad on those books. I'm just saying that the, the, the places where he really shines are the books like this, like Doctor this Strange. This is a perfect or, vessel for him. Oh, well, yeah. I'm glad you guys got over the whole teddy bear. Uh, no, I didn't get over it. I just didn't want to mention okay. it. It still looks I mean, like I'm, I'm glad it, you know, we were able to move past that and enjoy the rest of the story. No, it's bad. It's bad. Well, also, this uh, the, I've been meaning to interject here last week, and I blame you guys for this. Uh, I went, I made a comment that I have to retract. I was talking about Ramos on the X Men book and saying that. Uh, He's not usually a guy that sticks around, and uh, I was politely told by a number of our listeners that R- Ramos has been one of the most consistent guys in in Marvel in years working on Spider-Man. So true. you guys are supposed yeah. to have told me that. No, but that's he he yeah. would do an arc, and then someone else would come on. Yes, yeah, he was, he was, con- he, was he was there, but I mean you've had you but he stuck other- on Spider-Man for years, though I was told. Right, but he had gaps in between. Well, okay, okay. We, no, I made the we're not, point we're not talking about the Dan Slot then. We're talking about the 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 older, the, the spectacular stuff. And, and oh, right. With the, yeah, he was on that for a long time. Who, who wrote that? That wasn't Parker. That was um, Jeff Parker. Right? Did he write it? Well, no, I, that was the. Uh, I mean, that was that wasn't. No, Paul Jenkins. Yes, that was what I was oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 Jenkins. Um, but no, th- I, th- this, this trade was, was phenomenal. It's, it's a, it's a, I was, seven are equally phenomenal. Oh crap. I was glad that it wasn't Baron Mordo, that Baron <laughs> Mordo had nothing to do with it because, uh, to, to point fingers at another doctor, whenever the master shows up, it's like, oh crap, it's the master. Like Dr. Strange is the same way with Baron Mordo. Whenever he pops in, it's like, oh, Mordo again. Oh, really? In the movie, you know. I know. But, not a- and, and, you know, David, do you agree with me with Dr. Who? The, do you really like to see the master? I, Seriously? Well, the, uh, no, not, not as the, not, not as the, 
The, oh, okay. That's, that's, that, that's an awesome reveal. But recently with, um, with Capaldi's doctor and, and, um, the master is now a woman, Missy. She has been fantastic. And, well, that's cool. At least that's a twist. Right. Um, yeah. but I mean, John Sim, who, who was, um, Sam Tyler in the Life on Mars series. He's been on a bunch of, um, BBC shows. He wasn't during the tenant era. He, I didn't get, he did not seem so very menacing or intimidating as the master to me, but I, I definitely get what you're saying, Vince, as far as, yeah, I mean, it usually is. Mordo is usually the go-to when. Yeah. Davros. Okay. You can bring Davros back whenever you want, but the master, nah, he's done. You can only do so much with the master, at least with, with, with Davros. They've, they've tweaked him here. And there yes. recently. It's yes. been, it, it's been rather enjoyable. It has been. And I know Jason is loving this Absolutely. Doctor Who talk. So let's just move on. <laughs> uh, oh. So there you go. Only Doctor my booze Strange. could love a show that's, that's, uh, produced in 2016 and does 1998 special effects. It's the imagination, buddy. You gotta just let your mind wander. Speaking of bad special effects. Oh, ta- I thought we already talked about Apocalypse. Oh, see. Well, yeah. No, uh, I saw. Like that now? <laughs> you, I saw you, an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, dude, no, that is yeah, that show's pitiful. It is, it is really, you know, I I gave it four episodes and I had to tap out. It's I, and again, I to any of our listeners that are enjoying it, awesome. Like you do, you, but I think it's like borderline horrifically bad. It, like it, it is, is the worst of the three. It's so like shows. like the dudes from Prison Break. Like I know they're supposed to be comic book characters, and I, I've I've said this online, and I've gotten ripped to pieces for saying this because like it's a comic, dude. They are so overacting; they're absolutely devouring the screen with their ham-handedness. I yep. even Rory is 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 pushing. Oh it. no! See now, I can't. The reason I'm still watching it. You're still is, watching it. Yes. Amazon. I I know. Yeah, another hobby. Because well, what else is on on a fucking Thursday night? I need um. DVR. Take my what? DVR I, man. Dude, I'm still <laughs> watching shit from like I got DVR or from Black's back now, but that's on at ten o'clock. So I watch it for Stein, Professor Stein. Um, the show pisses me off more than it doesn't because how the fuck do you have Firestorm and like they're never going to there 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 were episodes where you never see Firestorm form. There were right. Stein. And Jax are cornered. They're at the end of the hallway, surrounded by dudes about to shoot them. Fucking form. I don't understand. The writers have no clue. No, I think it's the only more, thing I'm, I can say about the show that I'm happy for is it's nice that our boy Sean Crystal gets to play a major role as the villain. That's cool. <laughs> but other than that, I think whenever um, instances arise where the characters do have to use their powers, the cash register, they hear it. They and they're just like, we but don't have the budget. so much for- money on, on the Adam suit and everything. And it's like, just yeah. if you make him small, we're good. Just 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 shrink him and you can't see him. You just saved so much fucking money. I don't need to see the inside of his visor and, and to see everything that he's doing. He's not – I don't need Tony Stark. I can already watch Iron Man for that. And it's – they're just I, – I dislike Canary – Rory's annoying. No, 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 no. Canary, really? That's the only no, reason I'm no. She was it. she was the worst on Arrow. She sucks wind here. Can't stand her. I wish I I, I wish they didn't have her on the show. I I do I'm enjoy. With, I'm with Vince. She's the only thing on the show I remotely liked. No, no, no. I couldn't her, stand Hawk Girl. 
Hawkgirl doesn't do anything for I him. Stand, I mean, the whole thing. I gotta say, I it's just, just got, it's just, a, I, it's just a bad show. I think it's, it's just train wreck. But there's two words that, that bring it all home for me as the reason why I, Vandal Savage. The man who wrote a comet back to Earth. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I would no. say this. I, I don't know what it is about Flash that I absolutely adore so much. And I find Arrow in this show to be unwatchable. I don't know why the one I can love and the other two I can act, like actively dislike. I don't, I, I should, yeah. I sh- there should be much more middle ground or common ground for me, but, but, uh, to me, the Flash stands alone versus the others that it's the, well, no, I think Supergirl's as good as Flash. Well, I don't consider that the same because that's a much larger budget major and it's network on, show. It's on CBS. The, and the thing is with, although, the latest rumor is that uh yes, CBS may 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 request that Supergirl be moved to the CW and and I just hope that it doesn't end up looking like Legends of Tomorrow. Let, well, it's going to because the the whole thing is move, whether it's going to move or not, it seems almost for sure. I was reading a report uh on on CBS from uh, one of the analysts that covers it that uh even if they opt to keep it on CBS, they're going to move it to Vancouver to film, so that's in Canada. It is. Well, that's where the other movies are all. That's where the other shows are all filmed. Yeah. The um, I caught up on the Flash. Still fantastic. Arrow. I I watch it for for the Easter eggs. It, the second season, the best. They have never come close to touching what they did. Um, third season kind of had a finality to it at, at at the end, and and there were some changes made, and so the fourth season isn't it's not grabbing me like the others did plus magic the whole mystical aspect of it that doesn't really fit in arrow's world so for him to have to deal with all this mystical stuff kind of not hitting out of the park for me the legends tomorrow though i just i stick with it because the you do well fuck yeah it's free but it's free I, i do you know I'm, I'm the opposite of Jason on it. I, I do, I, I get a kick out of, more so out of Captain Cold than out of Heatwave. Cause, cause even, even in oh fucking God, Blade I, Trinity, my dude, Dominic Purcell is, so, even on the fucking yoga commercials, that's all he does. That's him. It actually he's, makes me, he's like Michael Sarah. He's just, that's the guy uh, he plays. It actually makes me hate Prison Break, like now that I look back on it from how bad. Well, Laurie should have made you hate Prison Break, but the, the, uh, the Captain Cold aspect of it and, and Stein and, and whether or not we'll ever see Firestorm again. It's just there are there are things about it. It's like, why not just have two dudes on the show then? Why even buy just 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 codename Firestorm. They don't even need powers. It's because you never spend money to have them He runs around with a box of blue tip <laughs> matches. Like, just flings matches it. at people. Like, but it's it's uh no, it is it's you will not get an argument out of me. It is, it is the worst of the three, and it hasn't. It has not gotten to the point where I'm just like, fuck it. I, I'm I'm done with it. I'll. I'll I, I'm pretty sure the season is just about done anyway. If not this week, then the next week, and um, we'll see what happens. But I mean, if 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 I can go back and watch and catch up on Fear of the Walking Dead, and actually, that that turned a corner for the better. Oh yeah, yeah, much better. Are you Kermit? No. no, come on, come on. <laughs> no, I'm just one and a half episodes into this season. Yeah, it definitely gets better, but you'll it. It's the last two episodes were really strong. 
That's cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna give that because that's something I do think it could be really good if they could just get past the the early struggles of of setting up a new set of characters. Right. Let's talk about some really strong comics. Yeah, what do you guys want to want to tag no, team? I want on? you to go ahead. I just did Doctor Strange. Oh. Even though we all tag teamed on that, that was his. Like, all right, I got more yeah, stuff. You said you got a list. I do have a, a mighty long list. I have a manga. I had well, I covered the Marvel. I got something old. I have something indie. Did you guys finally read the go- the not so golden age? No, because I had it right next to the laptop last week, and it was and then and then previews ended up on top of it. So no, I, I apologize, Joseph. Boy, oh boy, I have an image, and I have a self-published. I got, I got a lot of stuff. Oh, it's a dealer's choice. We get to pick. If you want, you could. Yeah, I'm ready for anything here. Well, wait, you said indie, but then you said image. I have an indie and an image. Do the image book. Ah, uh, Savage Dragon. Ah. Uh, the indie book. book. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's really not a whole lot to talk about with the exception that um the fear that um Malcolm and Maxine were having over the uh, pending birth of their child was um was just that it was just fear uh the child is born there's another character in the Savage Dragon universe now um do, can I spoil it do you guys care oh dude come on of course you can all right spoilers if you're reading Savage Dragon it's a girl and it comes out relatively normal got his her mama's eyes her mama's hair her mama's skin color and malcolm's like what the hell because as we were told the malcolm and his uh people males just sire males and this is a female oh snap so he's like maxine and and of course Angel's the first to throw Maxine under the bus. Angel's like, she's a tramp. She had one um foursome. Why couldn't she have another one? She cheated on you, blah, blah, blah. And, and Malcolm sticks by his woman. And uh very shortly after the child is born, um a, a row of bumps form on her head and she turns green yeah. and gets the... F- you know, the, the characteristics of daddy. So it is Malcolm's child. Why it's a female, we don't know yet. Um, but, uh, and Lorella, uh, wants to take care of, of the, the children because Maxine, or, uh, Angel, who sub, who had a, an abortion, she took care of, 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 I hate that expression, but that's what, they say she she took care of of uh her child but it didn't work because the child's still alive so now there there are at least three dragon babies and and one that has marty up in here no seriously one that has matured to roughly the physical characteristics of a let's say 15 year old boy um, and the events of this issue put the uh, crazy bug fuck dart on the sex offenders list because she seduces the child. 
she has start has sex with a prepubescent boy. What in the f? Yep. Huh. She wants an army of dragons, and at the end of this issue, she um, breaks into the hospital where um, Maxine just gave birth, and she uh, is in the process of stealing um, the other two children with another dragon spawn. Mm-hmm. It's this is Eric Larson. He just keeps mixing it up. Every issue he does, um, he propels the storyline into new and, and uncharted uh, territory. Now, if Dart came up to you and seduced you, are you going to say no? Seriously. What? But Dart. Dart's gorgeous, right? Well, yeah, but I don't know. I think you know, going into a very dangerous place trying to advocate. No, I mean... I mean, from the boy's perspective, not from Dart's perspective. She's obviously doing something very, very wrong, right? Um, but Larson takes chances. This is a very risky situation he's got. He's he's formed in this book. Like the kid is is Surprising not has gotten more uh, negative feedback in today's ultra PC society. And it's not it's not like suggested. It's explicit. Wow. I mean, there's there, there's no. It's not the, the, the foursome again, but there's a scene where it's in Dart's bed and, um, I forget the, the name of the, the boy. Um, he's a bluish green, but he's, he's in the bed with the, the sheets and he's like obviously uncomfortable and Dart is just, she's like, you know, we, yeah, we did it and it's there. They, they did it. So it's, um, it's it's a very um, uh, some would say foolhardy uh, storyline, I guess, because you know why this isn't getting more attention. I don't know, but um, as if the the whole foursome thing with the multiple pregnancies and the abortions and and the babies bursting out of uh, women like like the alien chest burster wasn't enough. Now Dart is sleeping with one of the one of the kids. So yes, Savage Dragon two thirteen. It's uh, and Larson on the front. It Maxine's all spread eagle, and she's in, she's in the middle of labor, and and Malcolm's holding her hand, and the doctor's hand is covering up the nasty bits, and then it's over. Like that's the only part of the labor you see, because when we when we first meet um, Malcolm and, and Maxine in the pages, the child's already born. He's holding it. So the 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 nasty bits are all on the cover. That's a that's a weird approach, but it's Larson's. Approach. I was going to say Larson is, if nothing, if not unique. True, and coming soon on the back cover, uh, Malcolm's going to team up with Spawn, and he's uh, Larson is throwing Ant into the mix too. Remember Ant, female? Oh yeah, yeah. Ant is is going to. I think there's a Spawn Dragon crossover, and Ant's in both of them. Ah, oh. I, I, I don't know where it's coming from, but. It'll be in my box because I can't say no. And you ain't beat that. Oh. Yeah. Savage <laughs> Dragon. It's, it's, it's still, and then, uh, he wastes one, two, three, four, five, six pages in the back with that Reggie the Veggie. Did you ever, did you have you seen this? Yes. It's it's the same thing every time. Yeah, I mean, this is not he's not breaking new ground here. No, and but the the the, the panels are colored different, but it's the same panel. 
in every Reggie the Veggie has a visitor. Reggie the Veggie Snow Day. Reggie the Veggie High Tide, where he is immersed in water because he has no legs. Uh, Reggie the Veggie, the birds, he gets shit on, and he's fighting mad in the in the last. It's the same expression in every one. <laughs> it's so funny, but yeah. So is it worth it? It made David laugh. So Eric, uh, good job. Go. Yeah, the last six pages did it. <laughs> That's not the main story. Just oh, oh no. So what do you got? We tried a few uh, aftershock comics. You did, yes. which uh, is the new imprint, newish imprint, uh, led by Mike Martz, former Marvel and DC editor, uh, longtime editor of the Bat Books. Um, so I got a question. Uh-huh. Was um, unless it's it's quarterly, but was American Monster a one shot, or is it actually an ongoing? I think it's just taking a <laughs> long time. He's a dick. <laughs> You're putting our boy on blast right now. That's messed up. Damn. Somebody's not, What's the frequency not, of this somebody's not holding his fire water well. Just, Just putting our boy on blast. Which boy? Dude. As a relic. Well, Chris isn't here. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. No doubt. First issue was great. I wish there was another That's one. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, like, right? Well, listen, I... It's, I just, every time I get, every time I look at another Aftershock, I'm like, oh, okay, where's American Monster? Oh, number two. I, I was here. referring to Juan Doe, of course, but. Oh, it's, it's not him, it's Azarella. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm sure. Of course it is. I'm sure it's Azarella. And I'm sure, you know, listen, but, so if it is Juan, when it comes out, it's going to look slim, and I have no doubt about that. I just, it's, we've got fucking five issues of Replica and one issue of American Monster. There may be extenuating circumstances. Absolutely. It's just, it is what it is. That's all I'm saying. I just want to read yeah, more. If I didn't want to read more, I wouldn't say shit about it. But I true. No, you got your defense. We understand completely. It. So well, I will it. say this: I, I I tried a bunch of the first issues, uh, and I I've heard many a great thing about Aftershock, which is why I wanted to give them a try. And for the most part, I was left completely nonplussed. Hey, now, except for American Monster. Well, that was its own thing, yeah. I mean that, but no, no, and I, I uh, the one I think you're referring to us tag teaming on and gets back to my intro is Rough Riders, yes, which uh, is written by Adam Glass with uh, with art by Mr. Patrick Wolf. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, I, I I I wouldn't say it's it's not exactly uh, groundbreaking. Yeah, it's not groundbreaking. I wouldn't say that the first two issues are exactly action packed, but that's true. But they 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 do they do hook me because I am an absolute sucker for a getting the team together yes uh, story. Yeah, whether it be the Avengers or those old seventies action movies, like when you're going door to door to get your old homies together for a battle. Like I I just have always loved that conceit. So. And that's what this is. This is the story, as you might guess from the name, of Teddy Roosevelt as an action hero and essentially the leader of a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type yeah. of situation. He is brought in to uh, to solve the real mystery behind the sinking of a ship that may or may not have had something to do with the start of a world war. And apparently there's something that went on there that uh, – that was less than um, normal, but they're trying to color it another way. 
and he is brought he's he's in he's Teddy is the Teddy that we all know, but he also moonlights as an action hero, a savior of of of, of the poor at night. And the four, <laughs> yeah, he's Batman basically. The four um, wealthiest men in in the world: uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, Andrew Carnegie, uh, Vanderbilt, and uh, Rockefeller. John Rockefeller um, are the behind the scenes Illuminati. And he's clearly got issues with them, but they essentially blackmail him into going to Cuba to help figure out or solve the mystery behind what really happened. Um, then he says, fine, I'll do it because I'm a patriot, but I gotta be able to get my, I gotta be able to get my crew together. And what do they care? They got all the money in the world. So he starts putting his crew together and the idea is great. Like the crew is cool. Like it's Jack Johnson, the boxer. Uh, you've got, uh, Thomas Edison. You've got um, Monk, at least for a little bit. You've got Annie. Yeah. You've got uh, you've got Annie Oakley, and who am I forgetting? Uh, who you introed? Oh yeah, yeah, and Houdini, yeah, exactly. Um, which is cool. Like I'm down with that. Like he gets that crew together, and and like that's pretty neat and stuff. But I thought it was like a little kludgy. Like they spend like half the first issue recruiting Jack Johnson. Yeah, and then in the second issue, it's like. <laughs> seven gotta, panels they get the rest of the team together we gotta make up for lost yeah time. and uh he's like but i i, I, I feel like what? like glass was like shit i spent too much time on this jack johnson part i gotta just rush through the rest um but i thought the order he recruited everybody made sense he had to get johnson first mm-hmm. because if he had gotten everybody else it's like why all these white people ganging up on me and and right. it's, I, I really appreciated the way he went about and, and I think the only part that really, even though half the first issue was, was grabbing the first guy, um, I think maybe the whole Annie Oakley dance thing was, may, may have drawn out a bit. And, and, and Roosevelt also, this is before he's president, but he also thins out the, um, the team early on, yeah. uh, because he wants to make sure that everybody has everybody else's back, even though I don't know what the hell Edison's going to do because the man's old and he's really not going to be much of a fighter. So everybody's going to have to protect him if, uh, if the going gets rough, but well, I, om- the, the Edison things what almost got me to, to, to stop reading the book. Really? Vince, when he's recruiting Edison, he goes to Edison's crib in Jersey <laughs> and trying to talk Edison. And it's like, nah, I don't know, dog. Like I'm old. I don't know if this is for me. And, and, and all of a sudden, Teddy's like, all right, well, then I was going to talk to Tesla. And then Edison's like, what? I'm not, you're not, you're not going to talk to that, 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 that hack, that junior, whatever. Uh, so, and I'm like, whoa, son. I'm like, let me tell you something. I'm like, if Tesla was on the table, you pick Edison, you are a dumb motherfucker. Cause Tesla should have been your first, second, third, fourth, and fifth choice. Yeah. And Edison, so what he should have said was, all right, old man. Well, I already asked Tesla and he couldn't do it. So I figured I'd ask you like that would have been dope, but to suggest yeah. it's like, all right, I'm gonna go to Tesla. If you say no, like I was almost like hails to the non through the book out, but I stuck with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right? I stuck with it. Yeah. Um, two issues in, you know, we're getting to the point where we're going to start seeing some action. Um, like I said, I love the concept. Uh, for the most part, I like Olaf's art, although, he definitely plays fast and loose with drawing faces sometimes. Um, not crazy about the structure of the story so far. If that makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, did you enjoy it? Did you? I did. I I, I enjoy Olaf's art. Um, 
but yeah, when we got to the end of the first issue and it was just Johnson and then, um, we're picking up with the, uh, going to meet Houdini at the beginning of the second issue. And like you said, we, we pick everybody else up pretty quickly. And then the end of the second issue, Roosevelt put things in motion to see how everybody works together. Um, and now we're finally going on to, uh, to get to the bottom of the mystery. So it's, it's a little slow to start. I, I don't know if, um, maybe it should have been a double sized first issue or it was just something that it, 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 it's weird the way the story has played out so far, at least as far as pacing goes. But, uh, I, there's more that I enjoy than I didn't. And, and I am going to, it, it, it has enough for me to give the next couple of issues a shot unless something really crazy happens in the third issue that just boggles my mind. It was also weird that um I was kind of put off by the first issue cover because it's Teddy with the five recruits, but not all five are on the team by the time they get going. So it was just one of those things where it's like, well, that just doesn't. And because we're all, we only get to the end of the first issue and Teddy only has his one recruit. It's not like everybody in, we don't meet the other four characters that are on the cover in the first issue. So there was just some things that were a little, just one of those nitpicky kind of things. But overall, I, I think the, uh, the idea is pretty neat because like Jason said, is it is, it's very much like a league of extraordinary gentlemen, except with actual historical figures and, and not literary characters. And, um, and on this side of the ocean, pretty much everybody's an American. So it's, it's, uh, it's neat. I don't you know, usually period pieces can kind of uh can be hit or miss with me, but I'll I'm willing to uh to give it a shot based on what I've read from Aftershock and and because of um because I like Olaf. So I, you know, I, this looks like something he could probably have some fun with, so I'll 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 stick around for that. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, uh I think the 5 fists of science was a was a little bit more interesting take on the same idea. Um, and I know it's unfair to compare one work to another per se, especially when one isn't finished yet, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep with it just because I do like the concept. Um, and Olaf's art is, is generally pretty good. Um, I will say that the other aftershock books that I read, I probably won't be sticking with. And that is super zero. Number one, which really surprises me because, it's written by Amanda and Jimmy, who, as you guys know, I have been just adoring what they've been doing in DC between Starfire and the Harley stuff. Uh, I just think it's been awesome. And I've always backed their Kickstarters and have enjoyed every one of those as well. So I was really surprised when I read Super Zero number one of how unbelievably bored and tedious I found it. Um, so I just won't be sticking with that. That just didn't click with me. And then, similarly, uh, Jackpot Number 1 by Ray Fox with art by, I believe the gentleman's name is Faila. Yeah, Marco uh, Faila. Yeah. Uh, that I, I, I also found very boring. It's a, it's a heist book, which I generally love heist concepts. Uh, it's a heist on a, on a, on a yacht. Uh, and we're introduced to all the members of the team in sort of a Ocean's Eleven kind of way. But I personally thought that Faila's art was really ill-suited to the story. Um, I think if you had given me the same story by Sean Phillips 
I'd probably be gushing about it. But I think that Faela's art is far too streamlined and cartoony for what this was supposed to be. Uh, and it really took any sense of drama or pacing or tension out of the book that I think it needed to be, given that it was a heist where every little decision was critical. Um, so, I mean, again, I just got to tap out there too. I just thought it was very boring. I didn't, I didn't, at the end of the issue, I didn't care about keeping up with it or, or didn't care about the characters I was introduced to. So. I, I keep trying to start Super Zero and I never get very far into it. It's uh, wordy. Yeah, that it is. Um, so I haven't gotten very far in that one. I did read the first issue of Jackpot. Um, and it wasn't, it, I like the art. I probably like the, oh, I, I thought the setup was interesting. And, and, you know, as soon as it, you get the first issue, you get the first page, the splash page, and, and then, you know, you turn the page and you're 10 minutes previous. And, uh, so they're setting everything up that you saw. But yeah, there were some, I guess, inconsistencies sequentially, um, when trying to follow along and, some of the characters were interesting, but the way following it from page to page was uh, maybe a little bit more work than than I guess I should have to put in. It, it uh, and then there's this whole "Where the hell did the bomb come from?" inside the safe, and 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 the last pages are, are these people were introduced to the whole team. But apparently these shadowy figures are only interested in the genius of, of the group. And I don't, it, it, it was a very kind of hard stop to an issue. And, and it, it's, I don't want to say it was uncomfortable, but it just, there wasn't enough there for me to go, all right, then I'll, I'll give the second issue a shot. It wasn't definitely not the same way that, um, that I felt with Rough Riders or, um, or, or Second Sight or anything like that. Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess my my first foray into aftershock was uh, uh, a little anticlimactic, I would say. Well, it's not. I mean, this is this is the first time you you're kind of picking a few books that they've published because you're a fan of insects. Correct. And we, we, we've gushed about American Monster, you know, as much right. shit as I want to say. So, I mean, it's, it's, they do, you know, just as with any publisher, things are going to be hit or miss. But yeah, I mean, when you, when, when you grab a bunch of things, it was almost like it was a DHP or, or just an anthology where you just got uh, right. a couple That's stories from. But yeah. it's, uh, you know, so I, I, I need to go back. I need to read the second issue, second and third issues of, uh, Second Sight. I started the first issue of Replica. I, I, that looks fantastic. Clark's work is, is gorgeous. And I think Vince talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to, uh, I got to kind of catch up on that. That's just, I mean, the, the, the few pages I've read of the first issue so far with, um, Trevor trying to make sure that all the, all the officers that, uh, that he's commanding follow procedure and, and say the right things. It's, it's, it's amusing. So I want to, uh, I want to finish the first issue and at least see what the next couple of issues have in store. So I, um, yeah, it's not, I mean, I'm not going to say everything they've done is, is a home run and, and they're my publishers to beat for the year. But, uh, <laughs> as, as with, as with everything we read from everybody, 
there are some, uh, some pretty good th- and, and some pretty neat pairings. I mean, and they don't, it's like, they're not, they're not legendary. They're not vertigo. They're just there, but you know, what, what you see in insects is not, obviously they're going to do different types of stories because what I read in, in jackpot is different than what I read and saw in, in rough riders and everything. So I appreciate the, the mix that they have going on. They're not just trying to, it's not cross gen or valiant where they're trying to put everything in one universe and, and have it all shared and, and interconnected. Right, right. Now that's true. That's true. Cool. I just don't think I'm an Adam Glass writing fan. That could be. Cause it could be George Glass. I mean, I'm looking at what else he's written. He's written Deadpool Suicide Kings. Oh, you were feeling that? No. Okay. He wrote, uh, that, that definitely on that very forgettable run of Suicide Squad. Oh. Which I didn't care for. He wrote Deadpool Pulp, Luke Cage Noir. He wrote Deadpool Team Up, which was the far and away the weakest of the Deadpool books, and they had like four of them coming out at once. And Luke Cage Origins. And he wrote, uh, the Legion of Doom Flashpoint series. So, uh, I mean, I think he's just, uh, as we would say, Jag, just another guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throwing Adam Glass on it. Well, a listen, bus. I don't think Adam, I mean, I think he has the last laugh. He's also, the writer on Supernatural, Cold Case, and Criminal Minds. So I think he's, uh, I think he's, I think he's right. doing just fine. I think yeah. he's, he's, he's cashing some seriously big checks as a writer. So who the fuck am I? True. All right. Um, you want to pick another one? Of course. Pick one. I have, um, I'm going to save my indie one. All right. For, uh, my in your travels because I don't want to short shrift it. It's very important. And I would like to. Then. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's Gold Digger. It's not... Oh, if gold it's Gold Digger, don't, no, don't do it. Gold Digger's not manga. Stop. Jeez, no, you're... I just did it for Jason. Stop. No, what you're talking about. Holy mackerel. Not like I said it All right. Hard. This this is a uh, genuine manga. Uh, genuine is King... like Ride the Pony? It, this is legit. This is legit. It's mm-hmm. by... Uh, Kango Hanazawa. Yes. Published by Dark Horse. Yo, Kango. I don't think in an intense. omnibus edition, you get the first two volumes of this series in one for $20. Mm-hmm. It is called I Am a Hero. And I will be uh, very honest. It's probably one of the most disturbing things I've read. In a long time. Dude, for you to say that, I mean, I, I shudder to think what that means. No, it's really disturbing. Oh um, on a lot of levels. One, because, um, a lot of the first book is, um, wrapped up in the industry of manga. The, the, the main character, his name is Hideo. He is a mangaka. He's a manga, a manga artist. Uh, and he experienced some, I guess the brass ring among manga artists is to get a series. Just like, you know, American comic book artists is to get a series, um, a serialized, uh, manga. And he did, in fact, have his own written and drawn 
serialized manga, but it didn't catch on and it ended after two volumes. So he is relegated to the role of assistant. He's one of the dudes who does the backgrounds and spots the blacks and does the, uh, the, the architecture and the, the cars and stuff. And, and he works for an established mangaka who we call sensei and he works in an office with other people. Um, but he dreams of, of, of getting back on that horse and getting his own series. Unfortunately, his ideas aren't all that great. Uh, on top of it all. He's like the Adam Glass of manga. It could be. <laughs> on, on, <laughs> on top of it all, Hideo has some, oh, some serious, serious mental issues going on. He, um, mental and emotional problems. He is prone to hallucinations. Yes. And, uh, he lives alone in a very small, uh, apartment as do, you know, a lot of Japanese. Uh, his salute. No, there's not a lot of room over there, right? Racist. It's not racist. Yes, but space is at a premium in Japan. So the, even a, a, an expansive apartment is not comparable to Western apartments. They're small. I know, right? But whatever. Um, uh, and, and he, when he hallucinates, he, this little tiny Japanese man, uh, I believe his name is Yajima, manifests and it doesn't matter where he is this little guy where uh hideo is the little guy manifests like at, at one point hideo hallucinates in the bathroom and the character uh yajima manifests in the urinal and he pisses on his head but he's not really pissing on his head because he's not there but it's illustrated as the main character pissing on a a, a dwarf japanese man's head um and so uh Hideo has a girlfriend. And the girlfriend used to work in the same office as Hideo doing the same thing. She was she was a a manga artist and she was romantically linked to someone else in the office who did hit the big time. Does have a regular serial. Uh and she talks about him a lot and the fact that Hideo is always in this guy's shadow. Doesn't sit well with Hideo, and he he um, he he doesn't feel like the main character in his own story. That's the the reason for the title of the book. I am a hero. He he feels like a bit player in his own life. He can't succeed. He doesn't have he doesn't have manga, and that's all he wants is manga. And and he has very very particular opinions about manga like he sees it as a as a very elevated art form it is it is one of the last true means of 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 expression and and you know like it's not uncommon a lot of people feel this way and and that he it should be held sacred and 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 respected and revered and these guys aren't doing any of that they just use it as a stepping stone to movies and tv and 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 feature you know feature films and stuff and and you know very very uh opinionated uh, in terms of his chosen art form and as all this is going on hideo's walking home after a very late night in the office and he sees a young woman get hit by a 
taxi cab. And it's played out over a number of pages. It's really, really, really friggin' disturbing. Uh, she's, she's crossing the street and the cab hits her and then the, the cab driver raises a ruckus and he gets out and runs and, and it's all done in, in very, very wide, wide panels, right? And, um, the girl gets up and her neck is bent straight back. And there's blood everywhere. It's black and white, but you, you know, you get what I'm saying. And the girl just walks away. And all through the, 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 the book, like the, the first book, the majority of it, um, um, an excessive amount of the first book is just examining Hideo and his, his issues and his relationship with Kecko and little tiny snippets like the TV will come on and it'll say, uh, minister of blah, 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 taken sick. Or, you know, um, boy bitten in shopping mall. Uh, and just like, like an, an, you know, an aside, doesn't really matter. But when the, when the girl gets hit by the cab, things start to get really, really weird. And, uh, Hideo spends a, 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 a stretch at work. They have to get like five pages, uh, penciled, inked, lettered, uh, gray toned in one evening. And the, the, the sensei has taken ill. And he's bleeding from like areas. He's leaving pools of blood on his seat. He's not feeling well, right? But it turns out that one of the uh, women in the office was sleeping with him and she's not at work. And they're starting to put like things together and, and, and Hideo's texting Kecko because he has all these reservations about their relationship. She, he thinks that she's still in love with her former squeeze and that's not going to sit well at that, you know, he's, that's, that's the, 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 the level to which to aspire. Right. And, um, he's, he can't get her. He, she's not texting back. And then she texted him back after a, uh, an extended period. Like, you know, I'm not really feeling all that great. I think I'm just going to go to sleep. So he goes over to her, her, her flat. And this is, this is by far one of the most affecting sequences I, I i think i've experienced in a while um he had um gotten into the practice she has a little mail slot on her door a little tiny mail slot but it's enough for him to 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 let you know to shove the the flap up and look in and in 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 previous sequences she's kissed him through the door and you know isn't that great um but he goes over to see her and he flips up the mail slot and he sees her in the bed, right? It's a long shot. And then you see what looks to be like flies buzzing around her head. And she sits up straight up in the next panel. And then it turns widescreen. She starts crawling towards the mail slot. One double page spread. She gets closer. Two double page spreads. And you begin to see her skin is not right. Her skin is like translucent. You can see the veins through her skin. Another double page spread. We see her face. She's seriously messed up. Her, her eyes are all googly. She's, she's walking like a spider. And then in the last double page spread, she jams her face up against the mail slot. It's horrific, right? He does a, the door opens. He back, backs against the, the wall and the first volume ends. So in traditional, um, manga volumes the first couple pages are colored um with the beginning of each volume so then it shifts the color bad idea because you get to see what 
Kecko really looks like, she is seriously messed up. And he's got her head jammed between the door frame and the door. And she's gnawing on the door. And her teeth are falling out. She's gnawing on the door so much that she's she's stripping the wood. And her teeth are being pulled out. And they're dropping to the floor. And then she sticks her hand through the mail slot and pulls his head through it. So he's immobilized. His head is stuck in the mail slot. And other infected people start to enter the scene. And meanwhile, she's still gnawing on the fucking door. And he can't move. He's looking at her. And while all this is going on, he sees the old boyfriend's manga piled up next to the garbage can. And he sees his manga on the shelf where previously it was the other way around. Like she revered the boyfriend's manga so much and she had his, you know, cast off to the side. And this, and it goes on. Um, the scene is really, really long. It's, it's extremely long. Uh, his head is stuck in the door and he sees a note that she wrote like, if you come over and I'm dead, don't look at me because I'm all messed up. And he get, and, and in the skirmish, his hat gets knocked off. So as her head is jammed between the door frame and the door, he takes his hat and puts it over her face so he doesn't have to look at her. It's, it's riveting. The scene goes on forever, man. And, um, she grabs onto things with her back legs, oh. like a, like a gymnast, like she's bent over like a U, walking on her hands. And she grabs, and she grabs people with, uh, well, I'll spill this part. Another infected person comes and she gets out of the room. She's walking on her hands. She goes backwards and sticks her foot in this zombie's mouth and the zombie starts biting on her foot. Jesus. Hey, this is nuts. It's, I'm reading this thinking, oh my God, like where else can this damn thing go? And, but it, it, and he gets bitten. But the fact that she has no teeth, she doesn't break the skin. So he doesn't turn. And um, again, it's atypical that uh, Hideo is a firearm enthusiast, okay. which I guess is not the norm in Japan. They don't do guns, handguns, especially Hideo's chosen gun, which is a shotgun. And he has a, he has a license and he goes to the range and everything. But um, I didn't finish the whole second volume, but I'm the, the whole fact that Hideo has a gun and he is cast in the middle of this. Again, he's he's like, I'm going to be the hero. But the guy's totally bonkers. He's nuts. He, this is this is a really strange manga. And that's saying a lot, right? No doubt. Judging by the stuff, you know, I and we have read. Um, the illustration is... It's off kilter. It's really strange. It's, it's, it's very realistic, but not when the zombies, I mean, this is not hour of the zombie. It's not, it's not, um, um, it's not that clean of a line. The line is, I mean, there's a lot of zip a tone, a lot of grayscale in here. Um, but, it's almost like an avant-garde uh, serial you would see in Garo. Uh, it's very clean, but not too clean. Like it, you, you need to see it. Um, the backgrounds are very, very realistically done. Uh, technology, watches, buildings, cars. I mean, it is uber detailed. But the characters are. There's just something really off about the way 
human beings are depicted in this book. Sounds like and yeah, it's and like, in the sort of like invasion of the body snatchers a little bit, or kinda yeah, but I mean it's a zombie story, right? Okay. Uh, but the, the so far, and I'm I read about four hundred pages so far. The zombie epidemic is not the main idea of the thing. It's more what would a crazy person do uh, when the world goes to hell? Right. Like even uh, the uh, you know um, the, even the crazy man who is not bitten in a zombie apocalypse is king. He's not the savior. He's not the perfect choice. But uh, so far, he's all they got. And, and it's. Oh, there's more. I don't want to get into it. There's there's more. Um and it's pretty cool during the scene where um he encounters Kecko, the the imaginary friend comes to him and he's all indistinct, like smudgy, and he just kind of evaporates. So there's there's some there's some more meat on these bones here. I think it I think you guys would like it a lot. Um, Plus, it's as, as it's very it's very disturbing. It, it, it it's like Gio, um with zombies. Oh yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the the rendering style is is oh Jesus, it's it's gorgeous. Um, get it, Dark Horse. I am a hero. D H. Nice. Affordably priced too, because I'm guessing it's like maybe six hundred pages. 700 pages and I didn't like I said I'm halfway through book two and I I couldn't stop reading it I'm done nice right up my alley right Seriously. two two for two on the Japanese zombie manga you're loving it mm-hmm sounds a lot better than Z Nation dude <laughs> come on I, I like Z Nation a lot <laughs> oh my bad raw on each other what is not to love about Z Nation? It's ridiculous. It is. It's like it's like it's like it's like uh. It's the Adam Glass of zombie shows. No, no. I was gonna say it's like it's like Lucha Libre. What's wrong with that? Uh, Nothing, boo. Oh boy! Uh, All right, we got anything else before we bring these people home? The uh, it's been a while since. It's been a while. Uh, thank you, Stained. Since uh. I read an IDW Star Trek book, and um, it has been. It a has, right? So I decided to check out this uh, first issue of the new limited series, Manifest Destiny, written by Mike Johnson and Ryan Parrott, and your art is by Angel Hernandez. And this is a um, the solicits a little on the misleading side because it's it's like the 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 most ultimate showdown between the Federation and the Klingons and in the Abrams verse, they've met for like 15 minutes when they were searching for, um, Harrison in the second movie. So I don't know how much, uh, you know, how how ultimate this is going to be, but there seems to be a, a Klingon commander who doesn't really follow the rules of war when they, uh, when they overtake a, a planet, he tells his, uh, his army to um, basically only keep the able-bodied men and the fertile women and get rid of anybody old, anybody young. And one of the, and, and his uh, basically his, his 
right hand is is you know we don't we don't kill children that's not the klingon way and homeboy's like yeah well we don't want them growing up to go after and, and seek vengeance so um He's like, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Seriously. But he ends up killing homeboy. And, uh, and he's like, if anybody else has any problems following my, uh, following my orders, let me know now. And everybody's like, no, no, we're, we're, we're good. We'll, we'll do what you uh-huh. say. Sure. Um, and there's, uh, there's a distress signal the Enterprise gets a hold of. Uh, it's from a area in space that no Federation vessel should have been to yet. So um they're they're a little perplexed by this. Kirk says, let's go for it and uh beams down a team consisting of um Sulu, a red shirt, a red skirt, McCoy, and uh Yahura. No, no not Yahura. She's You heard. Um so they uh Actually, no, it may have been Yahura. So they're, they're, they're on the planet. They get split up. Um, shit goes down. McCoy is actually cornered by two Klingon warriors. Um, he ends up holding his own and the, uh, the issue pretty much ends by, with another Klingon. She shows up and she says, well, here's, here's a human who is able to, um, uh, subdue two of our our finest and uh they'll sing songs of your victory long after your your death and um so I'm curious to see the we haven't seen a lot with the Klingons and in, in, in the new version of Star Trek and um I know Beyond comes out in a couple of months. Uh there's been very little as far as marketing or or any sort of, of word of mouth about it. I don't know really how to feel about that. I, I'm not um I haven't seen any trailers. I haven't looked for anything. I know Idris is in it. I'm excited about that. Bad Star Trek is still going to be seen by me, so it doesn't really matter where it falls in the spectrum, but um I'm so used to Worf and the Klingons and the Federation working uh together more or less and, and not not being at war, having the peace treaty, especially since you know Camp Kittimer and everything like that. So to see the Klingons from way back in the earlier days when, when uh they and the Federation were were at odds. I um uh, I'm curious to see how it plays out in this 2.0 universe. So, and, and the art's pretty strong. I, I think Hernandez has a good handle on, uh, on the Chris Pine crew, uh, without really needing the reference. You know who everybody is, and it's not like just because they turn their head to one side, all of a sudden they had a brain fart and don't remember how to draw a profile, even though all their photo references just from three quarter view. It, it, it's just, it really works well. And, and, and the Klingons look, Pretty damn menacing. They don't look silly or ridiculous, and and I want to find out more about this albino looking uh, Klingon. And actually, the uh, when he the guy who was um, the leader of uh, the, the the general when he's uh, when he shows up in front of the uh, to face the Enterprise, and Kirk is doing the introductions. 
the Klingon is basically like, we're just going to take your ship. So, you know, I mean, you can stay on it and you can fight, but we're, we're, we're going to take you out. And they have a little bit of a firefight in the sky. Um, when it looks like the Enterprise is about to have the upper hand, all of a sudden now a bunch of Klingons are just now, they put on their spacesuits and they're flying through space to come towards the Enterprise. So, and that's, now I need to find out where the hell they're going in the second issue, which is out. I just haven't read it yet. So, um, it was, uh, it was neat. It was a nice little, not sure where it fits in, in the whole, uh, cause I'm not reading the ongoing. I just, I, I kind of pick and choose the, uh, the IDW Star Trek's book as, as the mood strikes. But this, this is pretty interesting. I didn't know really what to expect, but, um, I'll, as, as I get through the four issues, I'll find out just how ultimate this, this showdown between these two really will be. It does. Wow, where'd you go? I was right here. You didn't hear me? No. I said it sounds great. Can you not hear I me? I hear you now. Yes. Oh, okay. It sounds great. Yeah, it was, uh, and I'm going to read it. Aw. Yeah. You haven't been too wrong. Not too wrong. Past, past couple episodes. But yeah, and I forgot to mention, um, I Am a Hero is a movie. But don't watch it because read the, it's read, bad. This is disturbing. No, it's it's different mm-hmm. than the than the. It, there's a there's a don't just the manga is the, the genuine article. Okay. Read that, read that. Um, but no, um, I like generally what IDW has been doing with the Star Trek books. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know, but it seems <laughs> like you all like. Yeah. That the, the the high point for me, I don't know about David, was the uh, the Star Trek um, right. Green Lantern. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Planet of the Apes. I enjoyed that, but I thought the the Green Lantern one was better. Did you like the way it ended? Uh, yeah. Okay. I didn't hate it. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was fun, with a promise for more, maybe right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's, yeah, just the way it, um, it's, it, it's, I guess it's more of, um, the Star Trek universe story than a DC story because I don't know where right. it would go from there in the DC universe. It was an IDW spacefaring story that I did like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, All you right. get what you pay for. It was a free comic book. It's game. true. So, it's true. Yeah. And and you can get much more than what you actually pay for at our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get rock-bottom prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as, from Dark Horse, it's the Black Hammer, number one, by Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston, uh, $1.99. From Boom, Kong of Skull Island. It's a miniseries. This is the first issue, $1.99. It will cost you and Tom King's great run. Um, the Omega Men collected at last, all 12 issues, $12.49. In your travels. Uh, this is both a thank you and an in your travels because, um, I had the good fortune to get a massive, massive package. In my box, uh, how massive you ask? 
well, I believe the correct proportions of this thing are 10 and a half inches by 15 and three quarters. Wow. It's big. It's pretty big. It's, that's, um, yeah. Um, that's a uh, bigger than treasury sized, right? I, not wider, but at least as tall. Um, I talked to this man a while back, episode 315 to be exact. Um, this book is written, penciled, inked, colored, and printed and bound by one man. Josh Perry. And that, no. <laughs> well, you're not too far off the mark. Um, Mr. Alan D. Caesar. Remember I talked oh, yeah, to him? Caesar's Downfall Arts, uh, creator of Rena Rouge. And this is in that universe. It is, it is a prequel, um, and a kind of sequel of sorts to, uh, his already established books. This is called Destroyt All Monsters. It's a play on Destroy All Monsters. And it is a micro history coloring book for the colorblind canine by Alan D. Caesar. It is gigantic and all the pages are in black and white on textured, beautiful paper, beautiful toothy paper. You get a little pack of crayons with it, should you be so inclined to color it yourself. I got a bookmark, a print, two prints, a hand, another print, Destroy All Monsters, and a handwritten, another print, it is, I summed, we said, we talked about this on 315. If you want to hear in depth on the Rena Rouge universe, you can go listen to that. But it chronicles the fall and rise and eventual fall of Detroit, um, who is, what, well, not who, because it's a, it's a place. It can't be a who, uh, which is now, um, run by pit bulls. Mm. And there is a duck. Very cute duck in it. Um, it is, it's a very, very hard book to describe. It is one, it's disturbingly detailed, excruciatingly detailed. Um, there are panels and lines and shapes and marks all over the damn place. It is so beautiful. Um, but I want to get into it in relative depth next week. So I'm telling you, go to uh Alan D. Caesar's website. It's downfallarts.com, downfallarts.com, and order this thing because there's only 350 of them printed. He like I said, he prints and binds them himself. And he he has a very discerning eye. The paper is superb. The printing is amazing. Um just uh, he binds it with these these grommets that stick out from the front cover so it commands attention on the shelf you have to find a place for this you can't just throw it on the shelf with everything else unless it sticks out if you're so inclined whatever um it yeah really um it 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 demands attention just like the the comics inside it it's not a coloring book it, it's a comic it's sequential art but it's called a coloring book because there's no color in it and you get to do it yourself uh, it's great, great, great stuff. You don't see things like this every day. 
you, you put this on the coffee table, someone's going to say, what the hell is that? I haven't seen anything like that. And you know what? They wouldn't be lying because there's not many books that look, that look like this. Go there. Downfall Arts. Order one because I'm going to talk about it next week. Well, hopefully they get it by next week. They'll get it. All right. They know you were in charge of shipping. I am. <laughs> uh, in your travels, um, see if you can still get this free comic book day issue. Uh, don't worry, Vince. Not ROM. It is from New England Comics. I am a big tick fan and it's when I spent summers in Massachusetts, I, I think I found the first issue of the tick. It was maybe a fifth printing. And from that point on, no matter what the hell the schedule was, I had to get whatever issue came out. I just, I, I, I love the size of it cause it was slightly larger than a traditional Marvel or DC book. Big fan of Edlin's art style. Um, Ended up buying the three issue Paul the Samurai miniseries. I just, I, anything that was tech related, I had to get. So I haven't really read a whole lot recently. Um, partly because I always thought that that was just Ben Edlund's creation. That's the only guy who could write or draw it. And, and, but that was years ago when I was silly. So now the, Free comic book day issue, and apparently there's been one for the past uh, six. Really? Yeah, six. yeah. This is the sixth year. Um, so it, it's an anthology. There are three stories, all written by uh, Mr. Um, Jeff McLeland. Art is by uh, Dwayne Redhead. In two of the stories, uh, a uh, Ian Nichols. In the second story, the second story has a. Um, is a private investigator tick, but the, the whole part, the whole thing is a, um, it's ticks from the multiverse. And, uh, first story is the council of ticks. Then you have the PI story and then you have convention season. All are the funny. I got a kick out of them. It's really, it, it, it was comfortable. It, it looked right. It read right. I, I enjoy it. I, I really, really did so. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, and I, I think I'm going to go through and, and see if I have any of those issues of the tick still. I, I really hope it's not something, it's not a series that I left behind, but I have a feeling it is, but I need to, uh, re, um, resupply my, uh, my yeah, tick collection. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be honest. Whenever I go through the previews, I see the New England comics mm-hmm. things offered in there, and I'm like, you know what? I should really grab one yeah. of these because they're gigantic. They're like what, 300 at plus at pages least, at least. Yeah, there's 12, 20 issues, whatever a piece, and it's like I like yourself. I always enjoyed the tick when it, we my shop got it sporadically, right? You know, and there's and no whenever, way to know when the hell he was going to do an issue, right? Whenever I saw it, I bought it. And, you know, let's be honest, there was a time when it hit, um, and, you know, it was popular, but then, then it wasn't before and after. So the, the shop didn't order all that many copies. And if you didn't get there when it came in, you didn't get it. Right. Yep. So, so I missed a bunch over the years and then I just stopped buying it. So I think, I think maybe we'll get one of those and we'll, we'll do a little tick. Comic book professional never read a tick. Oh. 
And what's awesome in the, uh, there's, in the third story, they're, um, they're on their way to a, a convention, TickFest 3000, and behind the billboard is the moon, and it still has the engraving from uh, when Chairface Chippendale was trying to, and I'm like, see, I mean, that's, you, you just see the moon, and, and it, it looks like, it, it's not drawn so that your eye is drawn to it, and, and you know, it, it looks out of place. If if you know what it references, you you get it, but if... um. If you don't, it just, you know, it looks like the moon just looks kind of funky and you just, you know, you move on and read the rest of the story. But I mean, the fact that they're still messing around with, with jokes from how many years ago, it's just, it's lots. Yeah. So I dig it. Respect. Uh, last but not least in your <laughs> travels, uh, and I have to credit my son for picking this out. <laughs> uh, collecting Hawkeye versus Deadpool 0 through 4. Written by Mr. Jerry Dugan. Illustrated by Matteo Loli with help from Jacopo Camarni. Uh, it is Hawkeye versus Deadpool. Uh, it's Halloween in Brooklyn and, uh, Deadpool is, uh, brought face to face with Clint. And they are uh, forced to align with one another in a action-packed battle against the Black Cat's minions. And uh, for those who know, the Black Cat's one of the crime lords these days. Yeah. So um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, the key here is that Jerry Duggan wrote the book. He's been writing the main Deadpool book and doing a great job of it. So it's more of that. And I'm a fan of Mr. Lowley's art as well. So. Um, it's a quick read. It's action packed. Uh, if you like Deadpool, you will certainly like this. If you liked the recent Hawkeye book, you probably will like this, although less certain because it's more of a Deadpool esque type of a humor than the Hawkeye book. Um, so your mileage may vary, but, uh, but I enjoyed it. Very, very entertaining. And, uh, the trade does a nice job. It collects all the alternate covers and all that good stuff as well. So nice. A uh, nice little package. Cool. Mr. Uh, Mr. Duggan also wrote one of the stories in the Last Days of Magic anthology. So you'll eventually get to read that, Vince. Yes, I will. What do you mean anthology? The, the first chapter of the Last Days of Magic, the, the, the issue that bridges issue six and seven of the Doctor Strange series. Yeah. The Last Days of Magic is, is, it's, is, I don't know if there's going to be a bookend at the end. I don't know if it's a bookend series or if this just kicked it off because issue seven is chapter two. But The Last Days of Magic has a story written by Aaron, written by Duggan, and one written by Mr. James Robinson. And um, they, 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 basically you're getting a story with Brother Voodoo or Dr. Voodoo. Um, and uh, crap, because I don't have comicsology open. But there are um, – it's an anthology. It's But it's, it's a um, – the framing sequence – is uh is Elma. She's going through the doctor's library and organizing the books. And as she's doing it and she's flipping through the books, you see um uh there's there's a story with Doom, there's a story with like I said with Voodoo. Um So that was Doctor Doom at that bar with no name in that one it's, section? It's weird. I don't think it's Doctor Doom, but it's 
it is a doom. I don't, I don't know where that doom first appeared. So I need to find out. Hmm. Because Doctor Doom loves because, the magic. Look at that with the yeah. uh, double in your travels. And they were, they were kind of, ex- <laughs> it's like salt, Peter, isn't it? Like, whoop, oh, then it's gone. Uh, they were kind of accepting of him, and I don't think they would be. If it was right. Of, if it was Victor. Right. right. Hmm. Interesting. He's got a, a whole mentor protege thing going on. You'll see. You'll, yeah, you'll, yeah. Yeah, but you'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Oh, and you know, cool. speaking of James Robinson, it does bring up something. Um, a few peeps asked for us to weigh in on this, and so I'll keep it brief. Um, look, we have been, uh, I guess me in particular, I don't want to throw you guys under the bus, but I'll just throw myself under the bus. I have been very, very open and vocal about the, what I consider near criminal behavior of Tony Harris as it relates to his failure to uh, deliver on Kickstarter projects. Yeah. yeah. Um, in particular, Round Eye, as a reminder, five years ago, five years ago, Tony did a campaign on Kickstarter for a OGN he called Round Eye. He raised over $10,000 and he never delivered to those people and spent years basically uh, being rude and ignoring their inquiries as to when and if they were ever going to get it. He then came out and said that the campaign was actually just for him to create 10 pages to then sell that idea to a yeah. publisher. And then once the publisher published the book, he would then get them all comp copies. So fast forward five years later, he's now doing a GoFundMe trying to raise $100,000. And uh, look, all I'll say, man, is like this is America or I guess you could be listening to another country, but this is a capitalist situation. It's crowdsourcing. Uh, you have every right to donate to any campaign you see fit. Um, look, I, Tony's been very public with this GoFundMe that apparently he had some very hard financial times. He lost his family home, uh, was out of work for a while. So I get it. Like life is complicated and I'm not going to suggest that maybe there weren't some legitimate reasons for why he maybe didn't deliver, but I still find it very hard to give him much sympathy because He's coming out with those explanations five years later and spent a lot of years being rude and basically being outright attacking to anyone that questioned where these projects were. Um, so anyway, I mean, if you so choose to back the campaign, man, more power to you. I hope it works out for you. I really do. But I think it's an absolute absurdity. And the other thing I find very suspect about this whole thing now is that Tony's saying if he raises the money and the campaign is successful, they will then print these books and and everyone that backed the Kickstarter will also get a copy. But the thing about GoFundMe yeah. versus Kickstarter is if you have a million dollar campaign on GoFundMe and you raise 10,000 bucks, you get to keep the money. Yep. And, and yet the likelihood of the project ever happening is like nil and void. So for a dude that's raised five figures already for this project and never got it off the ground, to now be at a place where even if he falls well short of the $100,000 goal, which it looks like he will, He's going to raise thousands of dollars and then he's going to say, I don't have the, I didn't raise all the money, so I don't have it. I'm going to have to get it elsewhere. Like, I'm just saying people like caveat mTOR. If, if you're, if you're a Tony Harris man, man, cool, but you got to really check yourself if you think backing this is a good idea. And I, I think the bad, and the reason I, I, I guess some people might ask, well, why do you care? I care simply because I was very, very in support of Kickstarter for a long time and backed a shit ton of projects. And I still do back some occasionally. I talked about that Satellites Anthology just last week. Um, so it's not like I've abandoned the platform. But I always said, even when I did that panel at C2E two years ago, that one of the biggest risks to this kind of thing was going to be 
if the patrons, I mean, rather if the artisans themselves failed the platform, meaning that if certain pr- projects were funded and then not delivered upon, that negativity would subsume and overwhelm all of the positive projects that existed. And I think Tony, along with that coolest cooler jackoff and a few other people, have been the poster boys for what can go wrong with the platform. And they have absolutely had a negative impact on the ability of those platforms to grow beyond their core. So, you know, hey, like I said, if if you're into it and you back him and he produces it, awesome, more power to you. But I think it's near criminal, regardless of what kind of personal circumstances he got into. So that's I agree. I'm, off, I'm, I'm off my bully pulpit now, but people did ask for us to weigh in on it this week if we had an opinion. So Yeah, I didn't back it. Well, I would hope not. Oh, no, no. It's Tony Harris. <laughs> I, I mean... I wouldn't back it out of principle, even if it was someone that I really like. Well, yeah, I mean, even before the whole uh, fiasco, his his work has never right. Oh, I think he's a very these. talented artist, and the pages he showed on the GoFundMe for Round Eye, uh, which they showed on Bleeding Cool, are are beautiful. I, I have no issue artistically with it. it yeah, the same pages from five to me. Years that's ago. all irrelevant. Like, I don't want to get caught up in whether you like his art or don't like his art. That's that's to me irrelevant. I mean. That goes without saying. Why would you ever back a project where you don't like the art or the idea? But to, to me, it's the it's the fiduciary uh, right. uh, blasphemy that he's perpetrated for five years. And and by the way, do some googling, people. This is not the only thing that Tony Moore, I mean Tony Harris, has not delivered on. So um, just just beware. Yeah. I didn't mean to end hey. on a low note, but not a low note. It's a public service announcement. Yeah. Um. But to clear it up for Vince, Mahatma Doom. There you go, Mahatma Doom. Is, uh, is a character new and first appeared in that Doctor Strange number four. Um, it, he was a monk that was, uh, the one lone survivor that Doom let live in a, um, in the monastery of mystic monks. So, uh, Doom trained, um, they, they, uh, they trained, they, they, they nursed Doom back to health and trained him. And I guess he, um, reciprocated by, by killing everybody but one. <laughs> as Doom and Doom's. So, yeah, so that's, so, <laughs> Good old there's Victor. only, uh, there were, um, you'll see him twice though, once in that, uh, in that, at the bar and in the uh, the last stage of magic anthology so far so we'll we'll see more of him awesome great 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 series Indeed. oh so good yep yep so good all right everybody hey thank you for being here with us this week again we sure love to have you and if you enjoyed this do us a solid and leave us a review somewhere anywhere scroll it on the inside of a bathroom stall we don't care <laughs> Get that word out. And um, we'll be back next week waiting for you with a hot and or cold libation of your choice. In the meantime. I'm really light. Well, in between no. time. In between time. Say good night, David. Wow. Yeah, quick one. I'm just throw a curveball at you. Good night, David. Wow. It got the inflection a little wrong, I did. but the, I did. the timing was, was good. Was... Timing was good. You're still perfect in my eyes, which aren't round. Um, so, <laughs> say good night. Had a good weekend. Good weekend for a change.
I did. Movies, I had a great, a great got some flea market. Was, flea market was kicking this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, good stuff. What'd you come up on? Um, I collect Mighty Max. Remember the Mighty Max playsets? Little tiny. Um, there would be a dragon head or a shark head, and when you popped it open, it was like a whole little world in there. Yes. Okay. Well, I I have many many playsets, and pieces are missing. <gasps> So I, whenever I find Mighty Max pieces, I scarf them up. One guy had a, um, a gigantic, not gigantic, but a big box of what were small playset um, pieces. Mm-hmm. So I got some Mighty Max. I got some Fistful of Monsters. I got some, uh, there's some Star Wars and X-Men in there, whatever. Um, but for like 10 bucks. And it completed three sets that I needed. Nice. So that's cool. But I'm always on the lookout for Mighty Max figures. It's weird because the Max is what I'm missing from all of them. The little Mighty Max. He's the smallest piece. Ah, I see. Yeah, and he goes missing a lot. You get them on the eBay? Yeah, but uh, like uh, many things on eBay, the guys that, that deal in that stuff are savvy to the fact that, you know... This little piece, they can get ten bucks for it. I'm not paying ten bucks for a little piece I of plastic. I so I, I would rather hunt for them at the flea market. That's the adventure. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Respect it. Z-Bots too, David. I got some Z-Bots. Wow. Yeah. Are they like Zub? Are they like Zubaz or? No, they're micro machines. They're li- oh, well, remember mi- micro? Machines? Yeah. Yeah, but they're they're robots and um, assorted sci-fi, you know characters and they would sell maybe packs of five little robots or more there was a ton of those little z-bots in the, in the box yep what's all that run you 10 bucks yeah and, I, and the david there was a fugitoid in the box oh stop so i have like three fugitoids now Good, that's awesome i'll send you a fugitoid <laughs> i would love to there you go. All right, we're dragging it out. Hey, everybody, be here with us next week. Or miss out. Whatever, it's your choice. Never to be heard from again. Yeah. Come back. Call David. I didn't say that. Yeah, well, I'm telling okay. you. Okay. Bye. Later. That was.